welcome to the Soundcast on Saturday, the 24th of November, 2012. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Three weeks. Three weeks. <laughs> and uh, Robert Kemp. Sitting down. Great. Keep going. Slowly sitting down. <laughs> on the sofa of Cambridge. The Cambridge sofa. Of squeaks. Of squeakiness and, and fuzziness. Oh, and I forgot to take all the shit out of my pockets. I can't sit down for a long period of time with all this crap oh, in yeah, it. Yeah, no, I do that as well. So when I'm on a long drive, I can't have my wallet in my pocket because after a while, yeah. I'm like, fucking hell, it's really annoying. <laughs> right. I why it is, but I can sit in a cinema with shit all in my pockets and for, not be and not be that worried. Cinema chairs are like gigantic, so there's no you don't have to sit in a very specific way. You can like jiggle around and shit. Mm, that's true. You end up in like one half of it. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, I guess. I suppose when it's like when you're sat in one place with the wallet sort of resting on your leg like that, I don't know. Maybe that just gets annoying after a while. It's yeah, just... I always take my uh, wallet out when I get like home and stuff because it's so much more comfortable. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah I seem to have been sitting all day with it and not had a problem. Yeah, like, at the office or wherever or or at the cinema. Yeah, so, I don't know. Maybe it's just the boredom of work. But you know, <laughs> after a while, you go. I don't like my phone being in my pocket. <laughs> I'm just going to spend some time reaching into my pocket. Wait five seconds. I'll just remove the phone from my pocket. That'll take up a whole, like, ten seconds. Oh, I better push the button on my phone to see if it still works. It totally oh, works. It lights up. Oh, look, I've got emails from Zabby <laughs> saying, hey, would you like to buy some shit? I better delete those. <laughs> saying, hey, your delivery of Halo 4 has finally been shipped. Oh, fucking hell. Don't use WoW. They so uh, you know what the weirdest thing is? The package that I eventually got from WoW that said that had my copy of Halo Four in it came from fucking Hong Kong. <laughs> it's like what the shit? Didn't you have a PAL copy in England? Oh right, okay. It's so like just ran out. Yeah, it's well, maybe they always well, ship from Hong Kong. What, I mean, who are like, they? Is that actually cheaper? It depends. I don't, I don't know. I don't know who they are to be honest. Like what group they belong to or what, but. So why did you go with them? They were cheap. I had vouchers. Vouchers? Where are they from? Very opinions. I do online market research surveys, and eventually they add up for monies. <laughs> Excellent. So your opinions, uh, your opinions are so valued, valued. Did they give me money? They, they give you uh, vouchers to buy stuff from Hong Kong. I, I, I had thirty pounds worth of vouchers. Wow! So my copy of Halo Four cost me less than a tenner. So you, what do you do? Go on valued opinions and they ask you, they do surveys. Yeah, you, you, you sign like, up for it and like, when they have a survey vouchers. that they think is relevant to you, it's worth like a pound, like often most surveys that you do. A whole pound? A whole so pound. You to them. Yeah, so you do it when you're like, a, like if you're on a board call or something. Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when yeah, you're at work and you're just like, taking your phone out of your pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, I've got a survey now. I'm not that bad while I'm working. but Indeed. It's like a, if you, you go, like the awkward time perhaps between putting food on and waiting for the oven to beep. Uh, <laughs> that awkward 15 minutes. I could add a pound in this 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not a real pound, like a voucher like a, pound. A theoretical pound. Yes. Why not? Why? It's, it's a way of making some money. It's true. And it's worked. I think that's the only the second thing I've ever claimed off it, though. What was the first thing? Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> For the Wii. How long did that take to arrive? I can't remember. Was it from that was a long, long time ago now. Hmm. 45 years ago, isn't it, that? Speaking of Wiis... 
There's some news related to that. Yeah, it came out. In and the world America. said meh. Right? What, what, is, is it out, out here? here? I thought it was a global launch. Oh, I don't think not. it's out in Japan, let alone here. It's Australia, it's meant to be like 28 or something, isn't it? Oh, okay, maybe it's not out here. I don't think it's out here. It's out in America's. The, wow. land of, the land of dollars and spending on Black Friday. Oh. I saw like the price for the regular console and a copy of Sonic Transformed is like 250 quid. Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. What will be? But you don't, want, you don't want yeah. the regular one. You want the, you want you the slightly yeah, larger You definitely space. want the elite one. And your copy of Nintendo Land. And your online pass or whatever the fuck their thing's called. No, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember even what that does. But you can get that racing game on, on 360, right? Yeah, get it on, on PlayStation PC. and get it eventually we'll really get a PC Steam. version. Well, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Well, it's not a generation, so it's on Steam. Yeah, it, away, it, it drags... It? A, well, no, it wasn't... Oh, yeah, it was. The PC version was out yeah. straight away of Sonic Gen. Awesome. But l- last time with the racing one, it dragged a little bit before the PC yeah. version came out. Well, it's kind of a console game, isn't it? It's a yeah. screen deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a bit of that. Yeah. But it's got full-on online support and stuff. So. Right. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Reviews for that came in. Yeah, it's pretty good. What is right is what people say. I'm, yeah. got, I'm pleased. I think it should be good. <laughs> it looks a bit weird compared. To, it's like it's because it's obviously a, it's not sumo really making it, or it's like a you know it's, it's the bizarre team, and it's obviously got a bit of their influence on it. You can tell from the way it looks and the way it handles that it's not the same. It's got some it's, blur in it, has it? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You know, the, some of the power ups, like the balance of those, seems to have been taken almost directly from Blur in places. Cool. Like the blue shell mechanic, which is avoidable, is kind of Blur-esque. How did you so, avoid it in Blur? Um, in Blur, it created giant um, towers of electricity, which caused a mild EMP effect to your cars. You'd lose, like, power. Right. And wouldn't accelerate for a bit. Well, they weren't a massive deal, to be honest, even if you did hit them. But um, but they were, because they were, like, three separate pillars... Uh-huh. If you, if you got if it was the right bit of the course, you could weave between them and be all right. Cool. So it'd probably still slow you down a bit because you'd have to weave weaving yeah, yeah. through them is probably not ideal. But uh, yeah, it was a pretty neat neat system and kind of entertaining when all of a sudden everyone picked up the same blue power up over and over again and like like a million of them fire at once and you're like, oh no. So how does that only affect the person in the lead? It doesn't. It fires it. Well, no, it doesn't. Yeah, someone, people, if they they fade out after a while, like once the guy in first has gone past. But it's like, so they can affect, it affects the leaders in general if they're bunched up closely enough. So, yeah. Cool. But it looks so right. what's, what's the equivalent in Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed? Um, this, um, it's I, called? Yeah. I, I, they didn't show it on the video I saw. But it was, um, it's, it seems to, like, it fires in front and apparently it's avoidable. So presumably it's a similar mechanic. Cool. Okay. Mm. So what what else Wii U games-wise? Not that that's a Wii U game. Well, it uh, is. Specifically. Not specifically, but yeah. it is out on the Wii U. Cool. Um, the, well, the, all the ports came out for various big games that are on the main consoles, like Assassin's Batman Creed. and, uh, well, Assassin's Creed, I don't think, has come out yet. Right. On, on or at least I haven't read anything about it yet. I thought I saw a quick look of it. Oh, maybe. No, I don't think so. Ask Creed Wii U. Well, I did. But whether or not it's out, I don't know. No, I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen a review of it yet. Um, but they, yeah, it's like apparently all the ports come out and like 
everyone, I, there was a bit of a expectation, I think, of the Wii U in that it's supposed to be a more powerful system well, than the Xbox and PS3. Yeah. But the, the games that are ported are going to look the same pretty much. Well, no, it's worse than that. They actually have come off worse. Well, must be hard to port stuff to a new system, even if it is more powerful on, in you know, specs-wise, you know. Yeah, no, the, it's, it, you're probably right. It's, we chat about it's probably actually, like, they haven't ever had needed to try and make a game of this quality for whatever Nintendo's architecture is like. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a testament, I suppose, to that it must be relatively easy because they managed to knock out one of the biggest launch lineups for a console. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, by just porting a whole bunch of... A whole bunch of popular stuff at the end of yeah. Games, yeah. But at the same time, they haven't actually turned out as good. Like Batman, for instance, apparently it suffers from a few frame rate issues. Oh, right. And occasional, I haven't bothered to load the city correctly. Oh, no, issues. that's not good. Like, textures are missing and... Didn't Batman have some frame rate issues initially anyway on the other systems? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's a big game. But probably not as bad ones, but no. I seem to remember it was, it was it was, it at the time. Yeah, yeah, no, you're probably right. It probably has a few issues, but it, it, it was notable enough for them to say that it's worse. Um, the same for Mass Effect. Apparently, that suffers the same problem where the performance just isn't quite there, and some of the decisions they've made for to use the gamepad as your power selector, for instance, don't work so great. Um, Mass Effect seems like the least Nintendo-y game ever. <laughs> I don't know. It's worse than that. Ninja Gaiden Three is being remade with a special edition for Wii U, um, which apparently actually fixes most of the problems that Ninja Gaiden 3 had on the other platforms. Right, so it okay. turns out that this one is actually the best one to have. Fair enough, right, cool. Um, so, you know, plus that point. Kind of, that kind um, of makes sense. Japanese, at least. Yeah. Well, nominally. But there's been a sort of general meh towards Ninty's outings. Like What have new, they got? New, well, New Super Mario Brothers... We I've seen a range of opinions on is. that. Some yeah. people love it. Some it's 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 crazy. It's splitting the divide. I think I think the problem is with that is that it's more Mario. It's like the people that are giving it high regards are saying, "Well, it's it it is still Mario, but it's probably the best Mario we've had for a while, even if they haven't done much new." Right. It's like the just the way the all of the elements come together and the fact that they pull from pretty much every trick Mario has every ha- ever had. Right. Okay. So it's everything that has been Mario is in this thing. Um, apart from the 3D, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, and for kind that of matter, a key element for the past <laughs> yeah. twenty years. And, for, and by that logic, it actually years. appeals to quite a large range of people. And so, you know, it's kind of a success. It'll appeal to the hardcore Mario, and it'll appear to the appeal to the casual Mario. Mario. And it's got that element of asymmetry, with the pe- person with the gamepad can place extra platforms in the level, <laughs> which is terrible. Well, it can be. It, it'll be fun in multiplayer because basically, multiplayer of those games is just Anna kick anyway, and now there's an extra element of that. It'll be like fun you can for choose people to play people. Mario, and it'll be incredibly boring for the person pushing the gamepad to make a platform. And I think, it, <laughs> yay! I think you can do both if you want. You can be a player and put platforms down. Well, okay. if you can. Because when they did the bombcast quick look, they did full five player, and it was four people being the. Uh, yeah, that's if you're doing them. five, but I think if you're doing a lesser number, then someone can choose to do both. Was my understanding. And you playing single player? Do you do it? Then I wasn't. I haven't gleaned that as an answer. I think you can, as an additional sort of. You know, so you can just help yourself 
in certain places. But I imagine that's kind of awkward, in fairness, to sort of actually be controlling it and jumping and tapping on the screen in the right place to actually pull off if you're... Yeah, I don't think you probably can. That doesn't sound like something they do. That sounds like something Nintendo would be like, no, if you want to have this new special ability, you have to play it multiplayer because people want to play shit together. <laughs> we want people to play shit together. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's it's ups and downs. If you're God damn that! It's just stupid new Super Mario Brothers. I yeah. didn't like any of those games. I haven't played any of them, to be honest. So no. I, I, I haven't. Can't I, make I a don't like them. I thought, you, I thought you played the DS one, like the first edition. No, oh no, you didn't. Okay, well, so we haven't got an opinion. I have um, an opinion that it's just not based on actual playing. It's <laughs> like <laughs> as a uh, yeah. I didn't, never liked how they looked at all either. It's just like. I don't no. know what you were trying to pull off, but they don't really have a distinct style. A nice really. style, yeah. Like, even the like, 2D ones had different styles. Like, if you look at, well, obviously Super Mario Brothers, but then Super Mario Brothers 3 has a style, and yeah. then Super Mario World has a style. Yeah. And then even Super Mario World 2 isn't really a Mario game, because it's oh, a Yoshi but, yeah, game, crayon, but that has another style. style is so and it's like, this is this kind of weird, oh, okay, it's like kind of, Smash Brothers got a little Mario. It's like, like generic. Yeah, it's generic yeah, Mario. But slightly too crisp Mario, isn't it? Because Mario, like, some of the best Marios are the ones that have rough edges. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the exception, I suppose, is the 3D ones. They all have styles, if you think about it. Because, like, well, Super Mario 3D that is... That was the, more dependent on, like... The, well, its style is the hardware limitation. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. And it's like, like Super Mario Sunshine, though, has a... A definitive style that's more sort of cell shadedy. Well, that, and I think of, all of the three D type Marios and, and those are pretty much all been defined by the hardware. No, no, no. Well, I think it's like it's, Mario sixty four, obviously defined by the hardware, and then yeah, on the three DS defined by the hardware. Yeah, yeah. Sunshine and Galaxy are running on similar hardware. Well, yeah, in terms of and Ga- Galaxy true. has a very different feel to yeah, but that's because it was in space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think that was necessarily. But instead of like Sunshine's like. Uh, hard, you know, sort of cartoony shading. They've gone for a very smooth, very glossy look to Galaxy. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It is, it's, again, a different style. And you're right, I, with new Super Mario Bros, they just seem to have abandoned it and said, new means it like this. Let's just make everything like this. And now, what, how many games have they made like this now? Two on the DS and 3DS, I guess. Yeah. Um, one on the Wii, one on the Wii. Two on the Wii. Oh, yeah, two, yeah, two, two on the Wii, because of new Super Mario Bros. Sure. No, wait, no, one, one. because they moved, they took oh, the yeah, New Super Mario Brothers name and then made two on the DS, didn't they? Yes. That's right. No, you're right, yeah. So this is the fifth in this series. I That's guess. quite a lot. Yeah. In fairness. Probably too many. And they turned them out in relatively quick succession. Yeah. Are they working on Galaxy 3 or something for Wii U? Um, there's been no... no. Everyone um, thinks it should be Universe, obviously. Yeah. Right, yeah, sure. But they already did Galaxy 2, so, you know. That's true. They should... They, should <laughs> they maybe need to do something new there as well. Yeah, it was quite good, though, wasn't it? I never played Galaxy 2 because Galaxy was enough. It was yeah, just like, yeah. I don't need more of the exact same thing again. Yeah, Galaxy 2 is more of an expansion pack than a... It has Yoshi in it. Yeah, there you, go. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it's, it's pretty much like DLC for the first, isn't it? It's the same game. Yeah. In essence. Do you, just, do you think you, if they did it for the Wii U, it would be the same, or it would have some new aspect? I think they're going to have to do a new well, game. they're going to have to invent something ingenious to do with the gamepad, surely. Yeah. More yeah. ingenious than putting platforms in. Well, yeah, it's, I think it's going to have to be a new game. Like, it won't be in the Galaxy series. It'll be a new a new one. But what are they going to do? They've been to space. They can do anything, man. <laughs> but Mario's done everything already. That's their problem. They've used up all the ideas. 
Because <laughs> he's already doing all different sports ever. <laughs> and all different types of platforming. They, they, did and driving. Put, they did manage to put an entire game on a tropical island. They could just do an entire game somewhere else, I suppose. <laughs> trying to think of an ingenious <laughs> way of, like... Mario, in the future! Yeah, that'd be pretty rad. Apart from they won't do that. <laughs> that the 90s rad. Well, yeah, exactly, because it would be Mushroom Kingdom future. <laughs> yeah. Which would be pretty weird. It'd be like the film. They'll do Super Mario Brothers no, based on the film. That would be the worst thing ever. <laughs> but they can't do that. They won't do that because they can't... They can't acknowledge that time passes in the Mario universe. No, that's true. <laughs> They can't acknowledge that shit changes. No. Everything mushroom. is always the Mushroom Kingdom. It Regardless of how the fact that it may look slightly different, it's always the Mushroom Kingdom. Unless you want to go next door into the Bean Bean Kingdom, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Which game is that from? It's the RPG? Yeah, it's, it's the, the GBA one. Yeah. That was well, awesome. Well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe they they need to do something like that. It's like, well, they always talk about the Mushroom Kingdom, but what are the other kingdoms? <laughs> the Bean Kingdom. I'm sure there's a, there was another game where they went to another one of the Bean Kingdoms, but I can't remember what that one was. Parallel Universe shit going on. Or maybe they, just, they won't do Parallel Universe shit either. <laughs> or maybe they do something like the handheld did, where like the, the Super Mario Superstar Saga ones, where it entirely takes place inside Bowser. <laughs> Yeah, I never played that, but I probably should have, because supposedly that was a good one. Yeah. But I thought the Bean Bean one was good as well, and that was the first one. Mm. Superstar Saga was a good series, because it's kind of like, uh, I guess it's like Paper Mario in a lot of aspects. It's, it's like what Paper, Paper Mario, Mario should be, apart from now they've cocked that up as well. Isn't there a new one of those? <laughs> yeah, Sticker Star, which is apparently quite poopy. Is that on uh, uh, DS? Yeah, I've heard mixed. Oh, 3DS. It's yeah. 3DS, yeah. I've heard mixed stuff about that, because it's like simplifications in some way and plenty of annoyances in the other it becomes a bit grind happy it's like there's no for an RPG there's no experience system well it's because there's no it's like, it's like the main problem with it is there's no reason to actually go into the fights because you're yeah, you have to collect thinking. things you collect the stickers which are you which are your attacks and yeah. therefore, there's no reason to actually go and waste all your stickers on fighting shitty enemies. You may as well just evade them all and only fight the boss. I suppose, isn't it cash is the one thing you get out of Well, yeah. Thing, and cash is incredibly important. But you, you still seem to get a lot of it. buy stuff. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. Like, apparently, like the balance for that is quite is quite good. So you get a lot of cash, but then the things you need at various points of progression are quite expensive. So you get tons of cash, but then you buy your thing, so you have no money left. So it's like, well, now I better earn all that cash back again. Oh, shit, I need another expensive thing. Um, which is your incentive to do the fights. But I still find it kind of weird, because, yeah, you're right. In certain places where if you're, that's not your purpose, you'll just avoid getting into fights, which is kind of against what an RPG should be about. Yeah. Just, so it's a kind of weird in that respect. I don't know. I still don't think... Ugh. Just make another Thousand Year Door. Yeah, yeah it's all about exactly. Thousand Year Door. That was awesome. It was hilarious as well. Yeah, it's like I don't particularly care if they make new mechanics. Just make another story. Well, with the same game. Don't cock it up like Super Paper Mario. Yeah, they tried something different. It didn't work. Well, they, they tried to introduce all these new mechanics, which was a good plan, but then they introduced them too specifically where they couldn't integrate it into the world, so they had to make specific levels for each mechanic, basically. And, like, the overarching mechanic of, like, going sideways was the only good one. And then all the other mechanics were kind of one-off things that you're never going to use for any other reason. (laughs) Yeah. So do you think they could reuse the going sideways thing and still make a good 
like thousand years. Well, it's possibly like, because they, that could have been a neat trick if they. I think if they made Super Paper Mario a bit more like Thousand Year Door, well, where I it was mean, more of an RPG than a sort of a, a platform, yeah. platformer. That was the other problem with Super Paper Mario. But it's like they already already almost did the going into three D thing in Super Paper Mario. It's just that you turn sideways. But it didn't change the camera, and then you could fit through small things, and then sometimes the camera would swing around and you'd be like, oh, I'm in a back alley or something. Well, it's because the world in Thousand Year Door is essentially 3D, isn't yeah. it? Whereas in Super Paper Mario, it's not until you flip, until you go into 3D mode. Well, yeah, sort of. It, 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 it does ridiculous 3D assumptions, where it's like everything is in the same plane unless you turn to sideways, and then it's not. What if they did a kind of Fez style thing <laughs> with the platforming? Did they do that? You know where? Sort of, yeah. But it wasn't rotation, was it? In, no. It wasn't like Crush, which is, again, a similar no. concept. They could do that, though, just steal that. Yeah, <laughs> but then that would be the third game that's used that technique. Yeah. Fair yeah, enough. but it would be a Mario game. Yeah, it would be a Mario game. Come on. Well, fourth, if you include the fact that you can't rotate in Super Dragon Mario, I suppose. But it's like... Maybe it's too soon. Too soon. <laughs> That could uh, work with uh, Super... What's it? Fucking hell. What's the <laughs> new Super Mario Brothers? Because it's 2D-ish. 2D-ish, yeah. yeah maybe that would use work. the crush technique. Certain levels. That'd be cool. Well, they, they probably, level, yeah, if, they, if they put it... Well, if they put it into a game like that, then it wouldn't be every level, because that's not an empty strategy with no. Super Mario Brothers. It's true. have levels that are themed on yeah. a certain thing. Yeah, I guess it makes more sense for Paper Mario, doesn't it? Anyway... Yeah, and so Nintendo Land is a bit hit and miss as well. Um, Naturally. More, it's like, the, the, the thing with Nintendo Land is it's, as a pack-in, it works, but because you don't get it with the normal version of the console, as opposed to the pro you know. version, you don't get it, no. You have to buy it separately at 60 bucks in oh, America. Really? Oh, okay. Or, well, normal UK price would be 40 quid, I guess. It's, so it won't work like Wii Sports? No. Okay. And, it's a uh, bit weird because, like, Wii Sports. It's a stupid idea. They should have packed it in with everything. Yeah, it makes sense. It just made it more expensive, I guess. Fuck yeah. okay, yeah. it. They should have just packed it in with everything. Like, give it away, damn it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for them not to because they say it's a pretty good, like, introduction to the capabilities of the console, even if the actual content itself isn't that great. Like, the stuff you do solo, for instance, apparently is pretty weak. But the ones that have asymmetric multiplayer are pretty goddamn fun. Um, but, and there's another big but, a lot of those multiplayer things rely on you having a lot of equipment from your Wii. So some of the multiplayer stuff, re- player stuff, for instance, will require nunchucks, or some of them requires Wii Motion Plus. Well, well all of them will require Wii Motion Plus because you can't not have Wii Motion Plus on the, on the new one. Is that true? No, but it's slightly... From the motion part, I think. Yeah, I mean, but it uses the same kit as what you had before, so it's yeah. like some of the games don't need it, but... Um, so you, you can't know. use a standard Wiimote with the Wii U. You have to have the you Plus. You can if the game doesn't need Plus. Yeah, but everything's but, going to need Plus now yeah. because they don't not make Plus anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is a bit annoying because I don't have any. Yeah. Um, so my three Wiimotes are pretty useless on the new console. Oh, no. Well, you don't have it. So I don't yeah. have the console, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Yeah, set it. Um, and, you know, lack of GameCube controller support, goddamn. <laughs> lack, oh. of, lack of GameCube support. Yeah. They'll probably just re-release all that stuff digitally on WiiWare. 
Yeah, what about whatever it's called now, the e store, isn't it? Or... You'll have to buy that new that new controller. Are yeah. they selling that yet? Uh, don't I don't know. know. I've not I've not seen it. They're kind of relatively decent looking. Yeah, it actually looks alright, doesn't it? This yeah. time, yeah, because it's kind of quite close to the GameCube look. Kind of looks like a DualShock kind of. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. Isn't it? I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway. Great journalism. Um, never mind. <laughs> I mean, don't care. Not until Smash Bros. come out. Don't care. Yep, exactly. That's the only reason I want that. Will be for Smash Bros. <laughs> I can't believe you're going to buy a whole Stupid Console just for that game that's going to be the same, is it? Fuck it. Given the hours we put into Smash Bros., it probably, <laughs> probably actually works out. <laughs> <laughs> the pound for hour ratio. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> Play it on 64. <laughs> <laughs> Same damn game. No. Well, is it not? Not the suit. Well, from 64 okay, to so Melee, perhaps. Melee, yeah, melee and Brawl are a bit closer. Okay. Well, maybe the new one will be quite different. It's funny in HD. Oh, yeah. That makes, that, I'd imagine that makes a That will make a big difference because I can't see what the fuck's going on in Smash Bros. <laughs> yeah. so, so, like, HD might help a bit. <laughs> It'll still be tiny on the screen, I suppose, compared to the level. Yeah, but... at least there will be more than like a few blob of pixels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's woo. Um, that's woo. 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 <laughs> just, you know, it's not two syllables; it's just one. Woo. That's the new Nintendo console. Do you see that thing where um, uh, Reggie and Iwata tried to have a conversation over the? Um, um, over the tablet with each other. Yeah. And it was like the most awkward thing. Really? Ever. Yeah. It was. What the hell? It's like, hi guys. Hi there, Mr. Iwata. How is that pronounced? Because Reggie always says Iwata. Like, like there's an extra syllable at the front, but I thought it was just Iwata. I think it's Iwata. Satoru Iwata. Hello there, Mr. Iwata. And then he talks in Japanese. Really badly. Yeah. Yeah, apparently it's awful. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah, so awkwardest oh, thing. It's like they were. It's like they were saying that 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 would be made with a video call with each other is like it's like a new amazing thing, and it's like we've had it on our iPhones for fuck's sake for a good couple of years now. iPhones, mobile devices that are in my pocket. Oh, I know people that use it. I occasionally get FaceTimed. Yeah, by like one person. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's done. And you can choose to turn off the camera, and then it's just free VoIP. Free, free VoIP. <laughs> free VoIP for all. Freedom. Revolution. <laughs> Skype. <laughs> <laughs> that was that type. Yeah. <laughs> Ready. Old version software type. Uh, Did you see that Skype have updated their look? Have they? Yeah, they've... It's all Metro now. Yeah, slightly. It's a shit version of Metro. So it's like, it's basically just anything that was rounded before, it's no longer rounded. Oh, they've unrounded everything. They've just unrounded the interface. It's exactly the same, other than it's not rounded. Everything's squared off. That makes sense. And a bit whiter. They are going full full on Microsoft. Well, they've been bought, obviously. Well, yeah, they kind of have to, I guess. They're not really maintaining... They seem to be, like, going for the Microsoft Mm. way, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it makes my, sense. Integrate it all. Because, you know, Skype's not bad tech, so why yeah. not just make it part of Windows, you know, yeah. that will make it part of the Microsoft stuff. Hell, the if Xbox was powered by Skype, if you think about it, then the quality long. would be a lot better. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that's true before long. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I'd imagine, yeah, probably in the next gen Xbox. Like, have they ever updated the updated their the audio codex, codex <laughs> in the whole what? of the lifespan of the Xbox? They said they did at one point. That's uh, true. Like a year or so ago, they said that one of the updates was supposed to have updated the audio codex. But like, fuck, does it make any difference? Still sounds shit. <laughs> Maybe that's because of quality of mics, or because they like. I suppose when you're using the 360, a lot of that is transmitted over the wireless, so there's probably a limitation there. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. We were just saying the other day, like like when Zach and I were playing the Xbox, like just another. Uh, slight rant at how the sign-in system on 360 is so friggin' annoying when you're trying to sign multiple people in and just, like, how much better it was on original Xbox. Like, I just remember how fast it was to sign people in and out of Halo, for instance. Oh, yeah. Halo 2. Halo like, 2. Push A, quick list, that's select who cool. you are, there you go, that's all you need to do. On this one, it's like when you join, brings up the four-player oh, menu. Zach had to agree to the terms and conditions of <laughs> Xbox Live, because it had been a while, which yep. then signed me out, yep, of course. which then put it back to the four-player screen. So I then have to sign in again, wait for the little twizzly bit to finish, and then we're finally both in the game. And imagine doing that every fucking time, if you're in like a party situation and people would just want to swap in and out, but still play as themselves, because of, I don't know, control settings and things like that. And it's just like, you fucked up. It should be easy. It's like, and I thought Connect was going to move it in a weird way in the right direction because with Connect, you can just sign people in. Yeah, by just walking from the camera or whatever. It is. Yeah, and they, they don't have to be playing, but they're still signed in. That's cool. And it's, um, you can sign in as many, but you're not limited to the four either. You can sign in tons of people. Um, and it's like, why don't they just use that on the, like, on the console so you can sign in as many people as you want? fairly easily say and then once they're signed in just swap them in and out like I'm actually pl- I'm signed in but I'm not playing kind of thing or I'm signed in and now I'm actually in the game it's just like there's an easy solution to this and it just it just sucks I kind of like how like the, I suppose you know, if I'm on a general Xbox dash I've been sort of getting more and more annoyed at the new dash look it's like, it, was, it was kind of okay at first but I hate uh, Jeff Gersman put it in just the right way I think it's like it's a you're presenting me with adverts on a service I pay for. It's like that's, yeah. that's not what I want to do. No. My use my Xbox for primarily is the store. It's like no, I don't buy everything every, every time I turn on my console. My primary use for the console is to consume the media I have. I At least they got that right. Well, Windows Eight with the store button. Yeah, it's like yeah. It should be a store, like a separate thing. Yeah, UX. Come on. I don't mind. Don't get it worse and worse. Yeah, I just like I don't mind like perhaps having the one advert bubble. My phone's on. Sure is. (laughs) I don't mind having the like the odd advert bubble, perhaps like one per home screen, or even the even the suggestion boxes. I'm okay with, but making the entire dash advert first. It's really starting to get on my tit. (laughs) Yep. I wonder if they'll like improve all this UX stuff in the new Xbox, whether it'll just be even worse. Well, it's the thing, moved, if you think about it, they've moved to this gradually, haven't they? It's That's like true. every iteration has made it worse in this regard. Yeah. And it's like, and maybe through some marketing thing that maybe they're seeing more sales. Like maybe their sales ratings are going up, but that might just be because of natural progression of video games becoming a more and more popular media. So they go, oh, right, now we're adding more and more ads. That must mean that we're making more money maybe in the new one when you turn it on it'll play a television ad before it lets you load a game 
That'd be hilarious. That wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> that wouldn't work, though, because you'd just boot it up and then not turn the TV on until, like, 30 seconds pass. Yeah, turn yeah, the console on. <laughs> That'd be turn, an easy way to bypass turn, that whole advert yeah, you turn the console on, go make a drink, and then by yeah, the time yeah, you yeah. sat down and got comfortable on, then you turn the telly on, and it's like, oh, it bypassed your shit. No, but I mean, every time... No, they'd have, to link it, they'd have to link it into, like, the DVI detection, oh, yeah. so it would know whether your TV was on or not. <laughs> and just wait. Yeah. <laughs> That would be such a shit. Every time you choose a game from your library to play, it plays an advert before it, before it loads Ir- it. Irritatingly, like, adverts are the way that a lot of people think is the answer to some of the the issues of the digital gaming. As, it's so as it's dumb. Going. It's about products, not, not yeah. about... Like, what's the point of adverts? Eventually, it's going to be... Everything, everything is ad-supported, so the only thing you can actually advertise is, like oil or something I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to run out of things to advertise for because those things are themselves are ad supported and eventually there's nothing that you can uh, you can advertise apart from like food or clothes or, or you know what? I always find it funny like sometimes where it's like, an, like when they advertise an essential to to daily life for instance like whenever they do like a bog roll ad for instance, I'm just sitting there, like in my head, <laughs> in my head, thinking, like, do you like shitting? <laughs> do, you, do you wish that shitting wasn't quite so messy afterwards? <laughs> then buy a new bubble. <laughs> so dumb. I guess it's just for the branding, isn't it? You need to get the brand into somebody's head. It's, it's competition. It's, yeah, that's not because they're trying to sell you a product. It's because they're trying to make you buy their specific version of that product. Hey, do you like shitting? But hate the way your ass feels after each wipe. <laughs> Get new cushiony socks. Well, that's literally what they're saying. Yeah, isn't it? they just it's like, like we've made we've made our shit our shit paper <laughs> as comfortable as your quilt. It's like rubbing your ass on your bed <laughs> and then disposing of your bed. <laughs> <laughs> I buy that time. <laughs> It's like rubbing your bum on your bed and then chucking your bed away. <laughs> I don't even know if that would be the best way to wipe your bum. Probably not. Even if you could afford a new bed each time. It'd, it'd be pretty would... awkward. You'd have, yeah, to, pretty awkward. You'd have to like do that dog shuffle. I can imagine dragging my ass around like that on a soft surface. Like kind of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> worse it's like if you share a bed it's just like just imagine the awkwardness of that like socially it's like don't chucking it away don't mind me honey it's like um, I've just got to wipe my, wipe my ass and then and then I've got to throw the bed away do you mind it's a mild disturbance to your sleep <laughs> so yeah so that's your analogy you're going to use to sell toilet roll yeah, basically. Do you like shitting? On the Xbox Live Dash. Yeah. <laughs> if all advertising was like that, I think it would be slightly more bearable. <laughs> you just want the, like, the Charlie Brooker style. That, that classic. And where he takes to put out that toilet paper advert. No, it's not toilet paper, it's the air freshener in the toilet with that kid. Shut up and start shitting! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> can do or something, isn't it? Where he goes, I want to poo at Paul's! <laughs> Paul has candy dog paper. Wait, <laughs> dog paper? <laughs> Toilet paper, but bog paper, not dog paper. <laughs> Papers for your dog. To educate them. Yep. Educate your dog. Yeah. 
Any other news? <laughs> I think it's more advertising strategies. You have to watch TV advert every time you die in Call of Duty. And they all, they already long... said stuff like that. People were theorizing that what that they do like a, a new idea of like a free to play model would be to make it just like pause at a certain point and then just have an advert. Well, Square have been toying with the idea where you can opt into adverts, and the more adverts you watch, the more actual game time it awards you. So it's like a thirty second ad awards you with a certain number of minutes of game time, for instance. So you can choose to watch a load of ads in a bulk session, and then you get right. You've, you've earned the right to play the game for a few hours. That still doesn't make any sense, though, because you could just turn off the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could just leave it. It's like, just leave it on the ad channel overnight or something, and there you go. I've earned a month. <laughs> Which will just diminish. It's like, it's dumb. It's like all this stuff with adverts and things. It's like, because people will just find ways around them. It's yeah, ad so block was obviously what, what, what will happen next is they'll upgrade Connect to have retinal scanning. And <laughs> then they'll know when you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> And then everyone will be fucked. It's just, it's not going to work long term, is, is what I'm saying. It's like any advertising strategy, there will be a workaround for eventually. Buy some pig eyes. I suppose the ones, the, the ones that work best are like the, the tasteful use of in game, like billboards and. <laughs> yeah, but those don't they work. don't work in terms of like, they're not in your face enough to sell anything, I don't think. Like, like, otherwise, they'd be more common. You don't actually see them much. Like they were good. They were a good idea because they kind of integrated into the world sometimes. Yeah. Like it was nice in New York race and stuff. But and and in even in Battlefield, although they look really dumb in Battlefield twenty one forty two because they're like current products, like yeah, in, right. a, in a, like a next gen setting. And, and and films were were occasionally on there on on Battlefield. But um, I just don't. I think the reason you don't see them is because they weren't effective in terms of making money for people. Maybe not. I mean, it makes sense for, like, sports titles. I'd almost want to see more adverts, I think, in a sports title. So yeah. they have more official licenses to line the pictures mm-hmm. with or to occasionally pop up, like, sponsored by or something like that. Or I don't know. That, in, in a sports game, it makes sense to have that realism. So what was it? Was it one of the NBA games or something that went hardcore and actually did it like a full-on TV broadcast with, like, proper adverts and, like, the commentators would actually say who was sponsoring the game and stuff like that, and it would change based on how you go on. They did the whole presentation, like, a TV um, broadcast of, hmm. of of basketball. And it's like, that actually sounds quite appealing. It's like, I wouldn't mind that in an NHL game. <laughs> yeah, but the American-style broadcasting... Oh, it makes it, well, to, to us, that's what makes it so ridiculous, because it would be even more entertaining. So it's like, what the shit's going on? You don't want adverts every five minutes. And the mascot's been replaced by Mountain Dew. <laughs> well, it's like there are occasions where that doesn't work because I think if you like, if you're going to do it, you need as many people as possible. Because there was like Fight Night Round Three or something was kind of famous for this because it basically only had Burger King. Right, yeah. and so every advert every, everywhere was, Burger, was King. Burger King. Yeah, did they need to like partition around? Even when they did like um. Because they, they had historic fights in that game as well, which had the modern Burger King logo and stuff. And the Burger King didn't exist in the fifties or whatever. <laughs> it was a, uh, it was pretty dumb. So, adverts, adverts, fuck them. They're not going to work. Right. Any other news? The answer to adverts is to make on? content that people actually want and will pay for. Yeah. See, magic. Yeah. Don't need a bloody ad- advert for. Um, I don't know. Half by three. 
I know I need bug roll. <laughs> I don't need you to tell me I need it. Need to need shit wipes. <laughs> dog paper. <laughs> Some dog paper. Uh, yeah. Um, so I have a news. I suppose uh, that ridiculously epic court battle between Epic Games and Silicon Knights came to a close. Oh yeah. Yeah. Silicon Knights lost, predictably. Lost. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like. I read into it a little bit, and it's like, they, they had no case at all. They were basically trying to say that Epic broke their license agreement with them by not providing an Unreal Engine that did what they could say it could do. Which immediately comes into, like, the bullshit category when you start thinking, but hang on, Unreal made Gears of War. Yeah, but that was before. That's what they're saying. They're saying that the engine that they had to make their game was pre-Gears of War 3, and Epic always said that the Unreal Engine wasn't finished until they released the Gears game on it. But then but then they, they tripped them. If that's what they said, then they tripped themselves up already, because Unreal said, look, we're still working yeah, on it. Yeah, that is, that is the problem. It's like they did technically know that this wasn't a finished Unreal Engine, but they were expecting it to be plus something different stopped, from what they got. Or something. Plus that didn't stop anyone from making some fantastic titles with it. By that logic, if it wasn't finished until Gears of War 3, hey guys, did you see Gears of War 1? That's a fucking great looking game. <laughs> Still is a great looking game. I think that might have been counted as being on a different engine, though, in the in the theoreticals. Mm. Not, you know, it was still under the feel or whatever, but yeah. it was a sub-engine. But yeah, no one else complained. It's like, people made Mass Effect, and they made... Uh, isn't the Unreal Engine is, like, the most heavy license one, isn't it? Yeah, what, what the else biggest engine, I think, at the moment. And, like, a lot of mobile games are starting to use it, thanks to... Partly thanks to, like, Epic-owning Chair, I guess, and, like, Infinity yeah. Blade being quite yeah. a success. Well, yeah, it seems to be the go-to, isn't it? I mean, well, no, Unity's still big for, well, for that stuff because it's cheaper to license. And all oh, right, cool. Okay, so that's from so, yeah, listeners. That, that over there, over so I don't know what they expected. To be honest, it's just it's just dumb. You would have thought if, like, if it was a big deal, everyone else would have chimed in and said, "Yeah, yeah, epic! <laughs> Our massively successful game could have been more successful if it wasn't for you, fuckers." But that's just a stupid case. And in the end, they ended up paying epic damages um, for something. Oh, it was copyright infringement. That was it. Because they claimed, because for two human, they ended up having to apparently add disassemble, stuff, yeah, disassemble the engine, Unreal Engine and rewrite bits of it to to suit their needs. That that then they were just in in copyright infringement land. Are you not allowed to do that? And you're not allowed to do it, no. So they ended up having a pay epic. <laughs> so it's like totally backfired. Man, can you get a license for Unreal where you actually get the source code? Probably could, but it's so expensive. Worth, yeah, because yeah, it's a trade secret thing. Isn't yeah, it? true. It's a massive risk for Epic to let you to do that. I suppose, but you know, you're not going to get away with like changing a couple of things and then reselling it, are you? That's obvious. Well, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be one of those things where I guess you could talk. You know, your best bet is to talk I, just with Epic and say, "Hey, guys, we've got this little issue. What's the chances we can get this fixed?" I suppose you're right about secret. Like, you could see some rendering trick they're using that some rival engine might want to know. Yeah, about. exactly. I mean, I if you, you could set up a bogus game development. Yeah. system just buy the, this ridiculous license 
and the other company could then incorporate it into their engine, like, you know, corporate espionage style. Yeah. And it might true. be worth it. Yeah, it might be. Who knows? Anyway, mm. yes, just buy Unreal and don't complain because it's awesome. Yeah. And it makes nice looking games like Batman. And, uh... Idiots! Oh, yeah, Batman. That was the other one I was trying to think of. The other big names. There's, I mean, there's tons, isn't there? That's unreal You'd think Batman, they'd but... have to get into the, the guts of it to be able to make it stream a whole open world like him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess for Arkham City, at for least. Arkham yeah, City, yeah. That's, that's not exactly the engine's forte. No. But who knows? I did ask them in person about that, but they weren't... Uh, <laughs> they really? couldn't say very... Well, of course, I went to that yeah, uh, yeah. Q&A with them, and that was the question I asked, but I think it was a bit too technical for them to answer. In a, uh, they said it was mainly about uh, streaming off the disc, like for consoles. It was about getting the stuff into memory. That was the key problem, not... not. Well, yeah, I guess it's more like that that's... It's not like, I, guess, I suppose, some engines which are more... Uh, they're, they're engines that are tuned for a specific game type, for yeah. instance, whereas the Unreal Engine is just sort of a, just a generic engine. Exactly. I suppose, actually, when you think about it, some of the areas in the Unreal Tournament games can be pretty big. You know, it's not like... Yeah. If you just manage to load them in chunks... I guess, then you're yeah, probably fine. You know, some areas in Mass Effect are quite large. And That's true. They, they must have come up with it. So it's, yeah, it's, in this case, I get, I don't, I think that engine isn't so directly tied to mm. how you want to do things. It's not like, I don't know, Codemaster's Ego engine come to mind where it doesn't, apparently that's not so great at doing like large areas and streaming between them. It's, it's more yeah. geared up for having fixed areas. Yeah, well, that makes sense. So I've heard. They're not trying to use that for an, any kind of... No, exactly. Answer. The Ego engine's only really used for racing games, yeah, so... exactly. Is it, it'll be interesting to see how the Horizon Horizon people managed to... Is that? I wonder if they wrote a new engine and just bolted on all the Forza physics into it rather than trying to change a Forza engine into an open world. Yeah, probably. Yeah. The graphics were never the... Well, no, actually, that's not why, <coughs> isn't it? From Forza 3 onwards, actually, the graphics did start to take a bit of a bigger yeah but you just load a track into memory it takes a while and then you yeah. drive around it it's not like horizon where you can put all the colorado or whatever it is yeah I mean, it's tr- it, don't get me wrong it's a tricky thing to pull off because in a racing game you don't want those hitches yeah exactly it's like for all the accurate you know for all the simulation elements that forza tries to recreate the last thing they want is some kind of loading hitch do we talk about that game because that's supposed to be great isn't it like, we, we mentioned it briefly. Yeah, it's, it's got like, a lot of good reviews. It's it's thirty frames a second, but yeah, really nicely like, done. That's what they say. And yeah. It's a bunch of British developers, isn't it? You know, it's, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. I, I don't think it appeals to me as much as Forza Four does. Okay, if you sure. know what I mean. I think it's partly because I sort of have a dislike for open world right. racing. Sure, yeah. Um, I don't yeah. think it's uh, as we talked about a million times before. Well, you don't with, like with Paradise, yeah. yeah, it's like I don't think it actually works as well as having a finely tuned race. Yeah, I think, um, yeah. You know, even the new Need for Speed game is supposed to suffer from that slightly in terms of the single player, but because they make the multiplayer so freaking anarchic and like have more focused goals where everyone goes to, then the open world element actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But the single player, this is just kind of nah. You sure? hmm. I don't know. Just, I, is that game out? Yes. Cool. Okay. I don't know. No, I'm way behind. I anyway. just find them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because you always end up having to drive from place to place, and and then you get. The, it, I think it's more annoying in an open world racing game because all you're doing is driving cars. Yeah. Than it is in an open world game because a car is a means 
for you to get from A to B. Yeah. And then there's other stuff to do. Yeah. When the entire game is about driving, I want my driving to be the best it can be. It's not getting between races. Or yeah, whatever. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't really appeal. But I, I kind of like, and and some of the some of the styling is both is a bit hit and miss with me as well. Like the the whole festival vibe thing seems to be done okay in places in terms of like, all right, we'll make the game a bit more edgy in its presentation. Yeah. But then they go a bit too far down that road and start trying to do the whole music side of Horizon as well by saying, you know, you it, there's sequences involving people in them and clubbing and things. It's do you know what I mean? It's like, and then you have rival drivers that. Are, Technical the, the douchebags that are introduced to you and stuff. It's like that stuff that didn't work has never really worked in a good racing game, has it? It didn't work for Test Drive. It didn't. It brought down some of the Dirt series. I don't stuff. like that style in Dirt Two. The, the festival. Who, who, who oh, but it's crap. not. I think that's fine in Dirt Two because it's not. You don't. You don't. You don't really have to get involved yeah, with true. it. You it's know true. what I mean? It's a nice just as a background. It's kind of a background. Yeah. You don't. You don't have to engage with it. Whereas there's a bit of. The way it's set up in Horizon is like you want to engage with this. This is why you're yeah, doing it, and it's yeah. like oh, no, no, no. stop that. You just want to drive. Well, it's yes. like it's not just the festival thing. It's like when they try and vocally engage you in a racing game, it doesn't seem to work. Like Dirt Three, for instance. I hate all that stuff with the guys telling you how good you are. And oh yeah, me so too. why don't you put that on YouTube? It's like no, <laughs> no. I just want to play my game. And then they are unskippable and that kind of shit. It's like, it's not what I bought this game for. Shut the fuck up. Right. Uh, should so, we yeah. talk about some big games? You could sing or kind of carry on with news. <laughs> no, no, uh, man. Okay. I just wanted to say news. Okay. <laughs> um, games! 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 What you been Camel. playing? Camel! Let's go first. Zach, you haven't been talking for a while, so if you want to uh, dive in. Well, I know we start with at least something that's combined. Combined? Because we're going back in sort of chronological order, I guess. Probably the older thing about two weeks ago now would have been, what was it, one? Is it one or two? Yeah, it is two. Wait, no, it's one. No, it's one. No, it was one. Yeah, I was like trying to remember what we even did because last you, week. Because you had a concern last week that we were... Uh, that we weren't that we weren't going to do do some of the Guild Wars Lost Shores event because we would have been doing a podcast. podcast, yeah. But then other situations prevented us from doing both, a podcast. Then you ended anyway. up both being incapacitated. Yeah. <laughs> Why were you incapacitated? I sprained my shoulder, so oh, I no. couldn't really drive anywhere. So I couldn't go to Rob's. Oh, sucks. I could have gotten into Rob's car and been taken to Cambridge, but then you were also. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't in Cambridge either. No, yeah, also. Anyway, I was in Suffolk. So yeah. yeah. We played the Guild Wars 2 November event because they're seeming to try and do monthly events now after they did this Halloween thing in October. They were like, obviously in December we were doing our Christmas slash New Year thing, which I think they usually did in Guild Wars 1 as well. So I don't, I don't think I ever actually saw one of those in Guild Wars 1. So I don't actually yeah, know. I think I joined briefly into one in Guild Wars 1. It was basically snowball fights in PvP. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> but yeah, they did their November event, which was a... Well, it was just like a new map area was the main thing about it. It's kind of shitty, to be honest. Well, it wasn't as interesting as the Halloween uh, one, obviously. Not even close. And it was more balanced for, for like, endgame, because the new area was level 80, but during the event they were just levelling everyone up to 80. But right, then yeah. after the event it would just be a level 80 zone. So, yeah. <laughs> there was basically just an enormous fight on the first day. 
Um, well, it had it like it had the like invasion of Lions Arch with the where everyone died <laughs> because everyone was like, "Go!" It says on Twitter, "Go to the lighthouse," and then a whole bunch of enemies just spawn, and no, and they just do so much damage. Just everyone just dies, basically. Yeah, kind of funny. And then, in, 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 on the server we were on, we managed to fail that bit because we didn't kill them fast enough after everyone resurrected again because they were fucking possible to kill. They broke the lighthouse. Yeah. Permanently changed Tyria forever. Well, <laughs> broke the lighthouse. Maybe, <laughs> guys. But they might rebuild that. So, yeah. That was quite, that was kind of a fun fight, at least. Well, for you, for me, it was a giant lag fest where I couldn't do it. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember. Yeah, you had serious trouble. <laughs> Which was uh, quite funny in its own way because it's like I'd be pushing buttons and they'd be lighting up and, and it would look like I'd do, do, be doing things because I'd still be like moving around and shooting and stuff. But then I, I started to gradually realize that like what was actually happening on the screen was cards that I put in like two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, awesome. this is not what I'm actually putting now. This is like what I did like two minutes ago and then suddenly I'd be dead and then I'd be alive again. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that while we're on the chat, it's like you, you would say you, you were dead and, uh, and I'd look on my screen and it's like, no, you, you're standing up in the middle of the fight. Perfectly fine. <laughs> to me well and then you'd go and then and a few minutes later I'd go oh now you're dead and it's like no I've been res since then <laughs> I was like oh god that was <laughs> yeah that wasn't very good the first time although the second time were like on, because like on the second day they just basically it was that same event again only this time you could actually fight a bit better <laughs> you were still doing slightly more damage but on that that second attempt was much less laggy. But that was mainly because they made this they made a choice. I think what they were trying to do was to to avoid the big lag that they had. They made so the second event started like staggered across the servers rather than all at the same moment. Oh, I see. So each individual server started like a couple of minutes apart or whatever. But they unfortunately made a kind of dumb error where they staggered them, but they staggered it too far. So that the start of this event happened because the other thing that also happened was it opened the way you could travel to the new area but that happened at a set time and on the server we were on the thing opened to the new land before the start of the attack event so everyone just left (laughs) (laughs) so there's only like 20 people left in the server by the time the actual attack happened shit so it was totally fine for lag, but we didn't really have very much combat power, but we still managed to do it by just, like, we ignored all the big ones and just, like, attacked the shitty little ones. <laughs> Are the fractal dungeons going to stay around? Yeah. Is that the thing that's staying? Yeah. Well, and the area. And the area, yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool, because they were fucking impossible. Well, because we were trying to do a five-person dungeon with two people, <laughs> and still two, people Im- not very, two people who weren't even 80. Yeah, it was still pretty impossible for us. I'm sure they won't be, actually be that hard. <laughs> That was only level one of them as well, because yeah. they rank up. I saw because, uh, like the highest rank I've seen people advertising looking for Groove on is like level 17, which is pretty insane. Mm. <laughs> that is a lot of dungeon. So yeah, and the new area. And then there, on the third day, there was the giant, ridiculously epic four-hour boss oh, fight. fuck that shit. That was... Tedious at best. Well, it was just a really, it was like, even with a, like a hundred odd people in the server or whatever, it was just, 
incredibly just enemies take no damage and you have to chip away at them for like ten yeah. minutes. And like, the, like when when they went into reinforcements phases where the big ancient carca as it was, which is this giant sort of barnacle covered crab thing. It just stands um, there basically yeah. at that point that you have to kill all the other things. You have to kill all its mates. But those sections go on for so long. And it's like I had the biggest shit with this. Like and it was it made the entire thing a complete fucking waste of time. Because we went through this entire epic multi-hour fight. And we weren't thing. even on the same server, because no, all because the we servers were full. Yeah, so we couldn't get into the same one as each other. And then my game started going a bit funny towards the ending of it, where I'd, have a, I'd had a sound problem, where all the sound would drop, and it would be replaced with... Which got annoying fast. So the first time I restarted the game got back into a different server when I rejoined. You should have known the first time. After you did it the first time, you should know better than to try and rejoin. It, well, it took a fucking age to rejoin. So I couldn't log in for ages. Yeah. The second time, um, the game just locked up. After well, the, it locked up same. after you tried to go chase sound options. You, like, alt-tabbed. And... I, yeah, I alt-tabbed out and alt-tabbed back in, and then the game locked up. Um, and I couldn't do anything. It took me a while to get it to close. And then I couldn't log in again. Uh, and by the time I did log in, it was all over. And I lost, I got no participation God bonus, damn. no loot, what? nothing. Oh. It's like, it gave me absolutely fucking nothing. Oh, fail. And it's like, and the fight itself didn't really give you much experience, because we were, for some reason, well, certain enemies gave us experience. Yeah, so I'm got, not sure why that was. I got bugger all out of this. It might have just been because we were level 50 and we were fighting level 80 stuff. Because sometimes it seems like if you're fighting too high level things, it just doesn't give you experience. It just doesn't bore you, yeah. Oh, right. To say you're not supposed to be here, kind right, of Right, you're doing too much. Yeah. yeah. So it was a big shit, basically. I was really quite annoyed. But they might fix that, because apparently they actually, apparently they actually had login server issues that weren't related to just everyone trying to log in. Oh. So, so they might just, give everyone stuff it just ha- at some point. It just happened anyway, is what you're saying. It wasn't bad to timing. do with the load. Yeah. So they, you might still get some shit. Yay. I got the shit. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> so I was good. So you had terrible lag and got the stuff. No, I, I didn't have terrible lag on the last day. All right. The last day actually ran pretty good, considering how many people there were there. Yeah, it worked all right. <laughs> actually, when you're actually doing stuff, it seemed to... Well, they're actually day. really... I guess the real thing was like the first day was unusually laggy because I don't didn't really I haven't really had any problems in World versus World when there's been that many people. Oh, I have. <laughs> yeah, but your system has other problems. It's like the World versus this, World yeah, map this, has some yeah. kind of environmental effect that your computer doesn't like. Yeah, there's too much shit going on, and my <laughs> frame rate goes through the floor. So yeah, I think if the first day was just unusually laggy, and the other two were normal <laughs> rather than. It being better on the last day. Right, I see. Hmm. So, all in all... Meh. It was a kind of dumb event. Meh. Kind of dumb. And meh. Genuinely. And also that new area, considering how hardy those enemies are, it's going to suck yeah. to explore. Because you have to have a group, basically. <laughs> but luckily I managed to pick up quite a few of the locations by, like, stealth running it on my main character. <laughs> Just edging around all the enemies and avoiding all the fights. Does it count as map complete? Extra map complete? No, it, apparently it doesn't actually count as a completable map yet, but okay. they might make it a completable map <coughs> at some point. It still has all the. It still has locations and everything. Mm. So yeah, new stuff in Guild Wars, and I still haven't actually finished Guild Wars. I've played a small amount more on my actual main character, and getting towards heading towards the end of the story or whatever. 
I played one more actual storyline mission and then tried to do some more exploration and then remembered that I was in the level 80 area where you kind of need a group. <laughs> I was trying to do the same thing that I was doing in the other area where I was trying to avoid everything and just sneak around. But there's this really annoying, there's just this one particular skill point on the map where it's, it's like inside a maze which isn't actually a maze for you because you can just look at the map. <laughs> so you can just go, oh, that's how I have to go there. But then, so I was picking my way through this maze, like really dodgily managing to kill, because it's like even in the level 75 to 80 area, well, I guess all the enemies are 80 there anyway at uh-huh. that point. But like, I can manage like two or three of the normal enemies at a time. And like, I can manage the veteran enemies by themselves. Can't do champions by myself still, but that's fine. I wasn't expecting to. But then it was this, it was this really annoying bit of the maze where you're, you're going through this maze and then there's also these basically turrets that shoot like poison pools. And those are the things that are actually really dangerous to me because I can't deal with that. I can't deal with conditions very well, really. I guess it's my main problem. So I was picking my way through, killing the poison turrets, killing the enemies, fighting my way through this thing. And then I was like, I'm coming up to where the skill point is, and there's a poison turret, and then immediately behind it, there's a veteran enemy. Right. But it's this one specific kind of enemy, which for some reason that I can't determine, just does ludicrous damage to me compared to all the other types of enemy. And it's a veteran of that one type of enemy. And I'm like, well, fuck. (laughs) What is this type, then? I don't know, it's just some kind of, like spellcaster, all it does is just like fire purple blobs at you, but for some reason those do way more damage than just about every other kind of enemy in this area. Weird. And I was just like, I can make it! Oh no, wait, it's a veteran one of them. Well, I guess I can't. <laughs> <laughs> if it had been a veteran anything else, I probably would have been fine. But no, bad luck. So yeah, that one sucks. There's no way around it because it's in that maze, so you can't like stealth in the back or anything. You can't just like walk because it's standing directly in front. And I think that skill point is actually a fight as well, so you can't just run in there and grab it in the way that you can sometimes if you just commute. (laughs) (laughs) I did complete the world versus world maps though, which is also another issue if you're going for map completion. That's a weird choice, I think, for them to do that. Like, so the actual PvP areas have places you need to explore and go to. Yeah. Which is a bit of a bastard if they're in enemy territory. Yeah. But coincidentally, our team had had basically the entire map for a change, rather than sucking like they usually do. Our server had somehow taken over practically the entire place, so it was like, oh, this is the best opportunity to do map completion, quickly leg it everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, I did that. Getting there, I guess. I still only did that one more story mission, though, before I was like, <laughs> fucking level 80 area. I want to explore it before I do the missions in it. Although, technically, if you do the missions, you can still hit, like, the explorable locations if the mission area goes over them, but you can't right. do the stuff like the skill points or whatever. Yeah. Which is what is actually difficult. All the heart challenges. Well, there aren't any heart challenges at the end of the game, so... Oh, okay. Those go away at some point. So you just have to go places and get vistas and skills. Yeah. Oh, and uh, that was the other thing I was doing as well in Good Wars, was dealing with the stupid master harvesting tools. Oh, yeah, that's really dumb. Because <laughs> I looked it up on the wiki at some point a while ago, and I realised that you get, like, mission rewards through the game, and, uh, and like, three different points in the game, you get a master harvesting tool. Right. Where you can have the pick or the axe or the sickle. And I'd been picking them up and saving them. But then I looked it up on the wiki at some point and discovered that the, the, depending on when you get them, they're actually level appropriate. They're not like master as in 
level 80, their yeah. master is in good for whatever level they were when you got them, but oh. they don't say that. <laughs> oh, okay. And since I'd saved three of them, and I just had them in my bank, I didn't know which one was which any longer. <laughs> yeah. So I had to, like, run around the world and go, like, oh, okay, out. let's go to this type of ore, let's hit it with each of these pickaxes and see if it, see which ones work, <laughs> which ones fail, <laughs> so I can work out which level to use these damn things at. Yeah, I think I've only got one set, and it's probably only iron level or even copper level. I don't know, so I might it's have probably to. Probably iron. Yeah, so when when I'm next pootling about one of the starting areas, yeah, just have to get rid of that shit. Yeah, I burnt all my ones eventually. It's just annoying because yeah, when it's labelled master, you think master. Oh, that could probably do everything then, can't it? Yeah. It's like master is the best, surely. No. No. And we, we finally unlocked our guild bank as well. Yay. So we've got some more storage space to dump a load of crap in. Yep. <laughs> food. Basically, yeah, it'll be your cake supply. <laughs> yeah, all my food. <laughs> and we just pop in and go, oh, I'm, out of, I'm out of food. Let's see what Zach's cooked up this week. Yep, you better, because it's starting to pile up again. Because <laughs> I'm not eating it fast enough. Because we haven't been playing that much, and I've still been doing some cooking and <laughs> trying to get a hold of those fucking chilli peppers. Oh, yeah. Why we're in char territory, isn't it? Trying to find chili peppers. Oh, yeah, I got chili peppers. I need to send you some chili peppers. Yeah, you do. Got like one. I don't think I need that many more, just a couple. And well, I don't know how many more recipes there are. I think there might be like three or four. Chili peppers! So, yeah, that's cute, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Mm. What else you got? <laughs> well, the next thing in probable chronological order was the thing that I've been playing most over the last three weeks, probably. I played quite a lot more FTL. Uh-huh. Because still on, I was still on my quest to get all the different ships. How many you got? I've got like seven out of nine now. Mm. So I'm nearly there, sort of. Apart from like the last two, I have less idea of what to do to get them. Are they the secret quest things? Well, yeah, basically. Is that like completing the game if you've got all the ships, really? Well, and like individual ships have achievements attached to them as well, so you all can right. do them as well. Okay, yeah. And the overall achievements. Which I've actually got quite a lot of. I didn't think I was going to get quite a lot of the, like, weirdly difficult ones. Like, there's the achievement for winning by getting rid of all the oxygen in an enemy ship. <laughs> Which is actually kind of difficult to do, because there's not really... Even if you switch off their... Even if you destroy their, like, oxygen generators, it takes a really long time to actually drain the oxygen. So you just have to, like, sit there and, like, keep it offline and just wait for ages until they breathe it all out. But I think I did that accidentally when I was, when I just, I ha accidentally like set a ship on fire and fires burn up the oxygen a lot quicker. And it was like when their oxygen room catches on fire, if they don't have a med bay to heal it, they can't go in there to put out the fire. So the oxygen never comes back. So eventually it just deoxygenates the ship that way. Oh, I see. You hadn't thought that it just happened. No, it just happened. <laughs> But then I also got the achievement for setting every room of an enemy ship on fire. Awesome. <laughs> Which I did very specifically because I got the stupid, like, beam weapon that, that, that sets fire on every square it hits. And then you just, like, EMP the ships and just go, <laughs> just carefully hit every single... Yeah, and that one, you actually have to be kind of careful because you, in that case, you can't destroy their oxygen supply or the fires go out. So you have to, like, very carefully herd them into the oxygen room and then set the fire to the oxygen room as the last bit. The last one. <laughs> Which was pretty funny. So I got that as well. I haven't got the achievement for hitting every room of an enemy ship with a bit with a beam weapon within five seconds. Because you probably need two or three beam weapons to pull yeah, that off. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then in, in, in like unlocking ships I've actually got 
a couple more since over this last couple of weeks. I like I got the I started deciding that teleporters were actually awesome rather than totally pointless like I initially thought. <laughs> it's like I learned how to use teleporters as an, as an actual tactic, and they're like super powerful, really. Just like boarding. Once you learn how to like manage it, where where it's basically you have to have a very specific setup. You basically need mantises, of course. Yeah, yeah, they have the hardcore the, guys. They have the melee bonus. Yeah, and you also basically need either some decent general weapons or one of those teleporting bomb weapons because you need to be able to basically disable their med bay so you can board and the bay, you basically activate the teleporter immediately you send your board party over they fight the first couple of enemies and then always it's pretty well timed but normally at the exact moment where they they take enough damage to retreat the med bay your teleporting bomb is charged so you fire at the med bay and blow them up <laughs> and oh. take out the med bay at the same time awesome so yeah that's the tactic for teleporting and it's actually really powerful because taking ships intact gives you a lot more stuff than blowing them, than up. Blowing them up. Like you can get like bonus crew member prisoners and a lot more fuel than usual and like entire weapons. Cool. So it actually works. It's pretty awesome. And then because the main other reason I was doing teleporting is because I had an I had a there was sort of a hint that in order to get the mantis ship and the slug ship, you I think you have to do those with the teleporter. Like, you have to use boarding parties. So I was looking for the Mantis ship, which is why I had the teleports in the first place, really. Mm-hmm. And I did eventually get that. And you did have to have the teleport. Actually, you had to have a lot more specific stuff for the Mantis one, because I'd seen the event a couple of times, and, like, it hadn't completed the first couple of times I'd done it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, the first time I did it, I just blew him up, and it was like, he goes down with the ship. <laughs> it was like, oh, <laughs> maybe I need to, like, board him. And then the second time I did it, I boarded him, and he was like go here, go to this secret cage, and then he died, and it was like, and then I went there, and it was just like a gun, and I was like, oh, well, that's not right either. <laughs> do it again. And then I discovered what, what you actually have to do is, like, you have to, so you have to find the random event by getting into the Mantis area. That's the first problem, because <laughs> it's random. But then once you find it, you have to have you have to have Mantis crew members, because they have to do some Mantis thing where they talk to each other. <laughs> me, 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 me. Yeah. Then you have to have the teleporter so that you can board them and fight them manually. But you also need the teleporter because once you've killed them all, it creates a special... It's those blue texts where it's like a special event that relies on a piece of equipment you have. But it's like, you can't find the guy who was on the ship that you were talking to. And it's like, use the teleporter to teleport teleport more crew over there to look for him. And then when you find him, that's when he tells you... That's what happened the first time where he told me about the secret cage and it turned out to be a weapon. But there was another blue text thing that I didn't have the first time where you have to have an upgraded med bay as well. So you teleport him back to your ship and heal him in the med bay so he stays alive longer to tell you about the actual ship. <laughs> I was like, ah, sweet. Got that. And then the Mantis ship is hella hilarious as well because it's all about teleporting because <laughs> they're a boarding vessel. And it's actually really weird because the first, the, the basic version of the Mantis ship is like, is, it basically, you only start with two crew members, two mantises, mm-hmm. and you have, a, you have a really weak ass weapon, uh, but you start with a teleporter. So you basically have to use your crew entirely in teleporters. So it's like, leave the ship completely empty and just send your guys onto the enemy ship to fuck them up. And that's an achievement as well, like defeating an enemy while all your crew are not on your ship. So I did that. But then I also unlocked the other version of the Mantis ship, which is even more stupid, because it doesn't have any guns to start with. 
<laughs> but it's uh, but it's but it's loud is different. So its teleporter's room is four squares big, so you can send four dudes at once. Oh, nice! <laughs> so you just like super boarding party. So I played with that a few times. That must be a bit crazy at the start. Can you get guns onto it? You can. Fit, well, it, it depends how lucky you are, because I did have a couple of runs with it where it's just like, why have I not found a single goddamn gun? <laughs> it's like, it worked, like boarding parties work great even at the start of the game. Well, actually, they probably work better at the start of the game because towards the start, very few of the enemy ships have med bays. Right, So yeah. they can't really stop you. So you just board, and then if you're going to go, you just teleport back, heal up, and then go back again, <laughs> and so on. But then, like, unless you unless you get at least a gun of some kind, you're kind of screwed once they have any kinds of medbay, because if you can't shoot at it to disable it, you can't win. <laughs> so is there no way to kill them all? They just go straight back to the medbay and get healed every yeah. time, and, you know, forever. Yeah. Right. I mean, if your mantis is a high enough level... And their medbay is only level one. You can outdamage it if you have both your mantises in there shooting at the two, so that they they're taking as much damage as they can but, while they're being healed. Yeah, but as soon as their medbay med, med is upgraded at all, you can't outdamage it. Right. Hmm. So yeah, I did that. I got to the end with the mantis ship. I beat the boss a couple of more times. I think I'm getting the hang of it. Still haven't found the slug ship or the secret cruiser yet, though. Down the last two. Yeah, I think I have an idea of where the slug ship probably is. I think I've seen the, seen the event that should trigger it a couple of times, but I screwed it up. Haven't found what the correct option is yet. <laughs> and the secret cruiser seems to be a lot more difficult. Hence the name, presumably. Yeah, I think for that one you have to upgrade your engine early. Maybe is my theory on that one. To get further, you have to be like faster to be able to navigate this asteroid field at some point. I think. <laughs> okay. So yeah, play more of that. Safety elf. Full. Full. Fuddle. Fuddle. Fuddle about. I'm going to take my jumper off before I continue talking. Wearing his giant bomb wipeout t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Some couch readjustment. Yeah, everybody shuffle. Break time. What else was there? I was trying to remember that there was something else major. Well, yeah, that, but I was trying to think of anything else before that. Worms? Well, yeah, we made a video of Worms. Yeah, Worms United. Yes, also Worms. We'll eventually do Worms too, maybe. Yep. Add it to the list of a million things we will probably want to make videos on at some point. Mm-hmm. What did you run Worms with? Dosbox. Well, yeah. It's a good old games version, so it's packed with Dosbox. Oh, cool. <coughs> and they've somehow made Worms 2 just work. Even just though... Work. Right, on Windows. Which is interesting, given that the reason why we couldn't get Worms 2 to work before was because Direct2D doesn't exist as a thing anymore. Maybe they've packaged it in as a DLL. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But we have it, was, it was more that the graphics cards don't support that driver set anymore. Yeah. That part of DirectX, because it's no longer part of DirectX. Hmm. I suppose that's other news. Oh, DirectX on Yeah, new, new DX no, 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 It takes them forever to catch up anyway. Yeah, and plus it's the Microsoft always do it. Like whenever there's a significant DX yeah. release, it's like forced onto a new OS. 
will the new Xbox have the latest DirectX, I guess? You'd hope it would be so. with 11, yeah. I don't know. What's, uh, the, it's 9, isn't it? It's 9 on, on the Xbox. On the X360. Yeah. Ten stayed away for a while. News over. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you'll be able to find anything about anything else, so I'll carry on with what I, the other thing, because of this Steam sale, mm-hmm. I, bought, I bought a few cheapo things. For like, like two a, quid. A quid or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> haven't played all of them. I should buy my sale for like two for two quid or something. <laughs> <laughs> I never did finish that. I got, I got Wizzle, which I haven't played yet. Uh, I got Binding of Isaac because... I've seen Rob's brother play that way too much on his live stream. So much so that I always like know how to play it without having played it. <laughs> but that's just like... Well, and the thing is, all three of these games, like FDL and Wiley Guys and the, t- the other one that I'm about to talk about, which is Cargo Commander, they're all basically the same thing, which is randomly generated, you know, event path, dungeons, whatever, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. They're all basically that. <laughs> It's like FDL is like, you know, spaceship command, and then Isaac is like, basically dual joystick shooter, <laughs> essentially. Apart from it's four directional, which makes it kind of difficult. Mm. Oh, then that's sort of classic omni direction. Yeah, and then cargo commander is well similar, but not quite the same. But anyway, Isaac is like, you know, weird. That's basically its thing. <laughs> it's weird in every possible way. <laughs> Fetus on fetus for actions. Yep. Don't even try and make sense of the story at all. Because it's all a dream or something. Mm-hmm. There's not really anything to say about that. <laughs> it's just like a dual joystick shooter. But randomly made. Yeah. With items. And some sort of progression. Yeah. Sort of. It's, really, it's actually kind of weird. The, uh, the whole idea of the progression you do get of it is like... When you reach certain milestones, sort of, or when you find certain random items, it like it basically adds more stuff to the game. So, like the next time you play it, more f- different things could appear, which is actually kind of annoying in its own way because it's, like, it's like sometimes that actually makes it more difficult. It's like I've got to this point, and now it's added like four more different bosses that could potentially appear. Mm, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, I played a small amount of that, not too much. That was, that was like competing against FDL, basically, at that point. I'd rather play FDL as my <laughs> randomly generated dungeon corner of choice. I it's suppose. a bit more imaginative, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, imaginative in a sane way, <laughs> rather than a crazy way. And then Cargo Commander was the other thing of the three Chivo things I bought, which I hadn't thought about buying when it came out, but then I was like, it's nearly Christmas, maybe I should wait. <laughs> but then I only waited until the November sale instead. <laughs> But that's a kind of a weird, like, well, it's basically you have to fight your way through, like, these floating containers in space. Or not really floating. Basically, you have your container ship, which is, like, your home's home base, and you turn on the magnet, and it just pulls in a bunch of crates that, like, attach your ship and create, like, a level, basically. Okay. And then you fight your way, clear, clear them out and collect the cargo, and then after a while, a wormhole opens and they all collapse. So you have to, like, leg it back to your ship. Um... Okay. Which is kind of awesome. And like weird, like gravity and zero gravity where going into the different crates, they all have their own gravity. So you can flip upside down and do crazy shit and fly outside if you need to. Can't quite picture this. But then it's hard to describe. Yeah. 
but then uh, that's also like randomly generated as well but it's sort of like minecraft where you can just enter the seeds yeah yeah so you can put in like actual words and stuff and it will generate a random level from it uh-huh so, you know, well, that's always hilarious. You say a random level, it's like the same seed will get you the same level. Well, yeah, yeah that's what I meant. Yeah. Random, yeah. Randomly based on the seed. But yeah, that's always hilarious to be able to type in random words and have it come up with stupid shit. Like the Happy Sound Sector. Yep, play the Happy Sound level. And there be dragons. <laughs> Is that <laughs> yeah. any good? I don't think Happy Sound was that interesting. What's a good one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't, it depends what you're looking for, because the other thing is, like, you have to collect different types of cargo. There's like 88 different types, and some of them are more rare than others. So once you gain the ability to scan for certain types of cargo, car- mm-hmm. you're just like typing in random words and hoping that this level is going to have the right kind of cargo. <laughs> awesome. Although I did get to the point where I was like, maybe I can do something clever. Like where, when I was looking for, I, was, I think I had a scanner on for like a golden jumper. This is one of the items I was looking for. So, and I think the level that actually had it was I just typed in a jumper. <laughs> it was like, oh, look, it had it. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> that was convenient. And you can remember it if you need it. Yeah, exactly. Although it stores them in your list when you unlock them, so you don't have to. Oh, right. It's it? got, like, high scores as well, so that's the other part. This It's, like, competitive. You can run the same level over and over because, you know, it's always the same. Yeah. And then it has upload scores on the internet, and you can see which levels your friends played, so you can play levels that they played to compete on the same scoreboard. So yeah, typing random words. It took quite a long time, because it's not very easy to find something that does give you the right thing when you're using the scanner. So it's just like typing random things, like just any word that came to mind and see if it makes anything useful. So I'm about the most popular list. Oh man, well yeah, you can always play the most popular list or the unpopular list. <laughs> play levels that only one person has played, or play ones that lots of people have played. Hmm, that's handy. I guess the unpopular list is just tons and tons of stuff. Yeah, well, it, it only has like 20 on it, so I assume it just picks some random selection of them. Yeah. Although it's quite easy, to, it's because you can type stuff and occasionally just find things, find random words that even like only two people have played, where it's like obviously someone and their friend. I think Face only had like two people on it. What? <laughs> <laughs> and also, I also accidentally found when I was typing, if you don't type fast enough, it starts searching, because it type, searches as you type. But I, I I didn't type fast enough, and I just ended up searching for B, and only one guy had played it, like, 20 times. <laughs> yeah. He must have just been going through the alphabet, because he was on A, and, like... Oh, right. <laughs> so, but other people had played A, but apparently only this one guy had played B. It's like, he's, he was the only person who decided to just go through the alphabet. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. And there's also a quite serious bug with it as well, which is, I should also mention, quite a big problem with the game where, like, because it has to connect to the internet to upload the scores, and also because your progression, you don't progress unless you're playing online, because you have to earn a thing to unlock a new sector, and it only does that if you save the score correctly to the online thing. It has a serious bug where it works the first time, but if you try and do, if you try and continue after the first time, then it crashes. Well, it doesn't really crash. It just doesn't connect and then kicks you out and then you lose your score. <laughs> oh, rubbish. But luckily there's a way to fix that where you can just go into the C beta's page, opt into the beta and type in the password, which is easy to, easy enough to find. And then it's the beta version is actually an old version of the game that works better. <laughs> like somehow they updated it to this new version and then cocked it up. <laughs> So the beta is usable to go back. So can you get around it by 
playing it at one sector, say, and then exiting the game and then going back into it. Yeah, you yeah. could do that, but it takes fucking, you know, that's not a, the simplest process no. in terms of speed. Logging all the way out and back in again. So the second time you play a sector on, in one setting, it just won't remember what you do. Yeah. And it'll crash. And considering that it could take like half an hour to go through one of those sectors, mm. that does kind of suck. <laughs> if you don't know that that's going to happen. So yeah, opt into the beta. The password is beta backwards. <laughs> and speaking of betas, only not really, Flatside 2 came out. Oh, yes. <laughs> not in beta any longer. So have you played this? Nope. Hooray. <laughs> I uninstalled the beta. I downloaded the, the full version on Steam because I was like, I bet this won't work if I try and copy yeah. files or something from the beta. Mm-hmm. And actually the beta was fucked because they... I'm not sure whether it was actually sort of something they didn't think of ahead of time or something, but when you try and uninstall the beta, it still tries to connect to the beta servers, and because the beta servers don't exist, you can't uninstall it. <laughs> so you just have to delete it and then fuck around with registry if you want to clear it up properly. Although there didn't oh. seem to be any registry entries as far as I could tell. I was using like the registry scanner to see if there was un- if you're seeing if there was broken registry entries for it, but there didn't seem to be. So it's probably okay. But yeah, obviously installing it through Steam is the superior option. But I'm yet to run it to see how weirdly that works with like Sony's login. Though judging by the beta, the login is in the game anyway, so it won't actually matter. Mm. It'll just be running through Steam with the overlay, the usual way that they do. But yeah, I haven't played that yet. Kind of need, apparently you kind of definitely need people to go with. It's not solo it so well. Yeah, it's kind of kind of naff if you're trying to be solo. It's kind of boring and like I mean, not actually very fun. You need people and teamwork. I mean obviously you need teamwork in general, but you need more specific teamwork than just like wandering around with a bunch of people. You probably need like voice channels and shit to actually make it fun. Mm. It's one of those games where you might need to make your fun, you mean know? Well, maybe. I haven't really tried it, so I don't know. And also, the unlocks are apparently kind of sucky as well, because obviously it's free to play. Yeah. But you can unlock shit by grinding <laughs> for a long time, apparently. So you're going to check it out then? Yeah, eventually. Maybe quite soon. Okay, so more news on that next time. Yeah, yes. Possibly. You might join in that. Well, you better do, because yeah. I need to test that theory. other people. Hmm. I mean, everyone in IRC is playing it at the moment, so I should probably get in on that while they're still interested. <laughs> After, like, the Guild Wars fiasco, where it's like, why am I never playing with you guys somehow, even though we're all playing? <laughs> fiasco. Yeah. Right, so I think we better go on, because we've got two blockbuster shooters to get through for the rest of this podcast. Oh, Speaking man. of blockbuster shooters, in, in a totally not actually related to what I've been playing, but a thing that I wanted to say, yeah. we need to go back to playing Battlefield some more. Yeah, we do. Yeah, and I need to play it. <laughs> yeah, you need to play it at all, so is what i <laughs> As soon as you're actually... I need to, like, level up so I actually have something. No, you don't need to level no, up. You just play, you just need to play, play with, with us. us to level up. That will be fine. No, 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 that's what I mean. I'm just saying, I need to play with you, with you guys, but I need to level up so I have a deep, like a gun with a fucking scope on it or something. It won't take long. No, it doesn't, it doesn't take long to get a scope. Well, it depends what, what you want. For, it depends which assault gun scope. you even want, though, I guess, really. What's a good one? Well, I don't know because I don't play assault, so. <laughs> um, it, does, it doesn't take long for you to get a fairly decent one. The starting ones are a bit hit and miss. I think, like, the American I don't like one the is literally miss. <laughs> yeah. 
I think the though. American one isn't very good that you start with, but because it's like a burst yeah. gun or something, and, Piece of and then eventually you get a, then eventually you get a proper one. I don't even know what the assault unlocks are because I never play it, so I don't have any of them. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's like a burst mode M4 carbine or something. I forget what no, I use now. I've used a, a number, a couple of the assault guns on and off, and swap them out every now and then. And it doesn't really matter; they all kind of handle much the same. The one that really sucked for me was the engineer unlocks because they kind of get worse as they go along. And well, it's, it's like until you get the scar. Yeah, there's like a peak at the scar, and then they sort of tail off. You have to grind quite a long way, and because obviously in the engineer tree, there's other things you unlock as yeah. well, not just guns. <laughs> really need to concentrate if I want to, because it just got killed loads, and all the kills I got, quite a few, they're all Sprite and Prey. None of them are, like, actually good <laughs> kills. It takes a lot of discipline and stuff. Yeah. Play some Metro. That's a little easy way to level up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 And in fairness, that's probably my favourite level. Just Why? That's, I think it's fun. So terrible. So, yes. Shooters. Yeah. yeah. We need to play that. Well, Kemp, what could be playing? Do you want to start with Halo 4 or Black Ops? Uh, I want to start with Black Ops because I like Halo better more than Black Ops. Do you want to end on a high? Yeah. I'm just going to come out and say it. Best Call of Duty game yet. Okay. By quite a margin. Better than Call of Duty 1? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think it is. Oh, you're so saying since 4. Yeah, 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 I suppose. It's like, a different okay, series, yeah, let's, let's it? Do it we just four. chop yeah. it and let's say Call of Duty 4 is the different. best Call of Duty of the modern Call of Duties. Yeah, okay. In, I suppose everything, if you want to call it those. Yeah, since since Modern Warfare. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's okay. really good. But it's, uh, you know, you talk about his... its flaws, but I'm, I'll, I'll talk in the positive light first. It's okay. like, I've played quite a bit of multiplayer and I've played quite played quite a bit of campaign. Um, the one thing I can't really comment on too much is the zombie mode, but I have read some stuff about it, which is fucked. Um, but in a, in a kind of oh my god, you'd never figure that out kind of way. Um, so let's talk campaign. It's really good. Like, the story is properly intriguing. Kind of like the first okay. one was like, had the best sort of like Call of Duty story in a while with the interesting stuff with the numbers and the Number conspiracies stations. and the what the shit does it all mean kind of thing. Um, they've gone quite ambitious in the campaign in this one. In that, in a nutshell, the story is, in the past, you have this um, this character called Raul Menendez has had some run-in with some American guys that basically meant his sister got incredibly badly burnt and crippled to the point where she's essentially a vegetable, but lovely, but alive and some communication, I guess. And he's you know he he ends up with a bit of bee in his bonnet about. About the whole burning, yeah, yeah about, about, about America. So he hatches this incredibly long-term plot to fifty-year um, plot, yeah, it? essentially to put together some kind of ridiculous revenge plan. It's like some of it I can't have been like forty years in the making, kind of stuff like the game suggests, because it's like how could he have possibly known about the future tech that was coming? Um, Essentially, it ends up Robots. all relying on the futuristic technology and stuff like that as, as part of his point and uh, tricking people to do stuff and keeping people alive until he wants them dead, that kind of stuff. It's all very... It's... You don't want to overthink it, basically. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> but as soon as, it. It's kind of cool, but as soon as you start breaking it down, it's like, yeah, how, this guy would never have been able to work out all of these variables. 
it just doesn't make sense. Right. Um, okay. Don't think too hard. Well, I already wasn't planning on it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still interesting. Like, so the biggest thing they've done to the campaign this time is the fact that it's branching. Yeah. It's no longer a straight story. It can end up differently depending on how you do certain missions. And certain choices are made nice and obvious to you, like with a button prompt or something on screen. But others are a lot subtler than that, to the point where you you start second-guessing, oh shit, could I have done that better? Like, is this mission supposed to turn out like this? Which is immediately making me want to play through it again. Because it's like certain stuff... Essentially, the story is fucking bleak. And, like, it doesn't get better throughout the entire time that you're playing it. You, it's one of its flaws in terms of its storytelling, is that everything you do, Raul Menendez, is always a step ahead. And you're like... And after a while, that gets kind of draining on you as a player, because it's like, I don't feel like I'm actually doing any fucking good here. It's um, it's exhilarating, but at the same time, you're just like, this doesn't give me the feel-good factor I need. And it's like... And by the end of the game... I, my ending was pretty shit as well. Right, you, you know, get multiple endings. Yeah, there's quite a few endings, apparently, or quite a few variations. You ended up with it. I ended up with one that wasn't know. particularly happy. It wasn't really an ending, right, really, by, for it. It just sort of, like... Oh, I won't go into spoiler territory, but it's... Did you get shot, and then and then it looked like you were going to die, <laughs> and then... And then you aimed at the guy. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite like like the ending of every... Every previous Cold War games. Oh, no, sorry. It okay. Yeah, it wasn't quite like that. Okay, sorry. It was more of a choice this time. It just sort of ends. Um, kind of... Yeah, not, not quite so dramatically. <laughs> okay, long... <laughs> it is pretty dumb that it is always like a, some kind of fist fight you're soap and price to the end <laughs> it's like Battlefield 3 ended like that as well yeah it is okay, no. <laughs> everyone, everyone likes that retarded oh shit we're, we're like just get into a fist fight with the main guy ending oh we've been stabbed we're still good <laughs> that kind of stuff um yeah it's it's, it's yeah so I, I want to play it through again to see where and where like things can happen like what okay. happens if I do this mission a bit faster do I uh, do, will people die or will people stay alive? Just like I, I try, and I also tried to play it like the good guy. If you see what I mean, like my tactic is, I try to make the decisions that I think are right. So you can choose to kill this guy or wound this guy. Well, I'll just wound him. Man. Be <laughs> just don't shoot at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it gives you like, do you want to shoot my teammate or do I want to stay stay undercover and attempt to just shoot my way out of this? That kind of stuff. Um. So I always try to choose the uh, the choose the answer that made me think, oh, maybe I'm helping the good guys, but I'm not sure some of those worked out quite like that. No, um, that they probably ended up just making shit worse <laughs> in a couple of cases. So it'd be interesting to see how they affect the story. But yeah, I'll, I'll play it through again. And I played it through on normal as well, rather than bothering with the hardened or veteran yeah. status. I played it through the first time on normal, and it's. It's a good laugh in normal, to be honest. Do you still get killed you can't play it on any higher difficulty if you want to try and do things better next time. <laughs> no, probably not. It's, I might try and, like, you can replay missions, but you don't get the story, like, benefits, so it might not match your outcome, so. Alright, if you skip two, then it won't have remembered all the stuff you've done, but you haven't done it. You know what? I'm not sure how that works, actually, thinking about it. I think it may only let you rewind to a point, so it plays it out from the state you were last in. Oh, yeah. Um, so if I go back and do a mission, it'll be in this with the other decisions already in effect. So I could go yeah. back and do some of the ones that I think may be a subtle thing, see see how they 
if they do play out differently at the end or something and then try and do that again on a harder difficulty level on a proper story run. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps. Might need a bit of planning. So, uh, but it's pretty clever. Um, um, and there's an addition, there's another addition to this formula as well, and that they've introduced this thing called Strike Force into the mix, which are like, um, optional missions that crop up during the campaign at opportune moments. Because one of the other things you've got to do is that, um, uh, Menendez essentially has control of the Chinese military. And so you have to do these uh, additional missions to help countries out with not being fucked over by the Chinese, essentially. Okay. Um, it's not actually the Chinese you're fighting. It's like their military controlled by someone else. Of course. So, 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 so you can't blame China. China don't care. China don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, China don't care if you take over all their robot military. <laughs> yeah. China just don't care. <laughs> so you get all these like additional side missions that are based, that, that you play them in the multiplayer levels. So it's like an introduction to the multiplayer levels. Um, and they also... Uh, they, they, they're interesting enough. Like one is a defense mission, like stop the guys from taking these two points. If you, if you lose the two points and you've got to stop them from getting to the central point, and if they get that, then you're done. That kind of thing. Or if, the, oh, we've got to storm your way through this town in a really quick period of time, get to the VIP and save her, go and bring her out, um, before the mission ends. So that kind of stuff. So they're, they're like little throwaway levels and stuff, but they try and introduce this strategy element to it. So at any point you can come out with your player and view it all from a tactical map and try and control it that way, um, which in principle is fine. The controls are a bit finicky, as you would expect from a console, but um, the problem is is that when you're not in control of your guys, they are really dumb. Okay. Like, really dumb. They'll <laughs> just stand out in the open and get shot dumb. Yeah. And, like, even when you tell them to attack something, sometimes they just sort of stand there and go, nah, I'm not doing that. It's like, no, I really need you to go to this point and defend it. Nah, not doing that. No. So, I, so basically the way I did all of those was to just take control and fucking do them myself as much as possible. Because if an entire squad dies, some of the time you'll probably get, like, one of your squads will be reinforceable. So the game will just keep giving you more, you more units at a specific drop point. So you don't really need to worry about them. <laughs> It's like you can use the controls while you're in first person view to try and send some of your more interesting units to certain areas to help you out, I guess, but just don't rely on them. Mm. Do it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is annoying because the game presents challenges as well as an addition to the campaign, where so each mission has a certain number of things it wants you to do, like, hey, at this point, take control of this, this vehicle and mow down this many guys, or locate a sword and stab this many guys, um, that kind of stuff. Um, get through this section, scoring nothing but headshots, <laughs> that kind of thing. And, and one of the challenges for the Strike Force things is do the entire mission from the tactical map. And it's like, no, I'm not no. going to be able to. It's shit. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a real shame. Hmm. Sound, yeah. I mean, it's a cool idea, I guess. It's kind of like um, uh, incoming. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. And Right. Yeah, a little bit. Like the incoming, you had a very simplistic version of that, except yeah. you couldn't dive into the action on that one. You had to play it from the tag map. But it's yeah, but it, it kind of it switched between, between constantly. Yeah. But and there was a way you could choose choice. not to do those sections. Right. I don't think the Dreamcast version had those sections. Right. For instance, it just played it entirely action style. Um. Yeah. It's got its missteps because, to be honest, the first mission really bad. 
Really? The first the first level of that game is pretty terrible. What's it's, this it's clunky, it suffers from every problem that Call of Duty I games think in I the past. I saw the first had. level on a quick look. Is that one in Africa or whatever? You're... I forget where you are. Yeah, I think it's Africa. Because I was like, um, this is a bit suspect. Like, you're basically an invulnerable, basically invulnerable dude running around chopping up a horde of black people with a machete. Now, bit, what, yeah. what's not suspect about yeah. that? Come on. It's a, it's a little bit like that, but it just plays, it's, it's got every fault that every Call of Duty game has ever had. So it's like it, the sections that where it tells you to do things, but because the enemies are doing so much that's happening around you, you don't have the time to do the thing that the game's telling you to do. So you make up with some sort of fudgy way to get around it, unless you were aware that that was going to happen. For instance, right. you rescue a guy, um, and it, and you spend a lot of the second half of the mission just running the fuck away, occasionally turning around to hold them back a bit before making another run. Yeah. And there's a bit where you hold them back for a bit, and then it says you run to the thing, and there's these little sniper nests, and the guy's telling you, get in the sniper nests. So at the moment you try and run to get in the sniper nests, you're getting shot. Uh-huh. Um, so it's like, if you were to do that, it was just kind of okay in normal mode, because you can get shot a few times. If I was to try that in hardened or veteran, I'd be dead. Um yeah. And by the time you get up there, they're right on top of you anyway. So it's like, it actually, would, it is better just to stay on the ground and to just keep shooting like normally. So it make, that bit makes no sense. And mm-hmm. it even says to like, oh yeah, put I, I found some bear traps or you know, like animal trap things. And it's like, yeah, put those down as you go, and they'll, they'll trip up on them. It's like, don't have fucking time for that. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. It's so like, that's a bit of a mess. And then you're like. There's, you seem to just be running in straight lines down open paths in places and nobody can shoot you and you're just sitting there going, what's going on? This is kind of weird. It's, um, doesn't feel quite right. There's a bit where there's like a million boats. You're on a boat and like there's other boats coming up sort of trying and you shoot them down really to, to get, but it's telling you to do things again. But there are certain points of that where it's like, well, if I go do that, I'm just going to die because mm. like there's a machine gun trained on my position from both sides. And, so, and that was just a bit of a clusterfuck as well, unless you know what exactly what's going on and which gun's going to be effective. And then there's a chopper. And it's just a mess. That first mission is a mess. And the same with the first Strike Force mission, because it's the only one that's a real true defense mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't rely on it, and it expects you to defend several locations at once, but you can't rely on your troops because of the shitty AI. Yeah. So I failed that a couple of times because I couldn't get my guys to be good enough. So the time I actually did it, I didn't control them at all. I just did it entirely from the perspective of a guy and, like, soloed it. <laughs> and that worked out much better. So it's like the first mission of both types is pretty bad. Mm. And then the rest of it is fine. It gets a lot better. Interesting. Mm. So it's, 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 it was a real shaky outset because I'm like, oh, shit, what have I got myself into? This is, I'm not enjoying this. So how's the... And the future I mean, stuff's a lot better than the past stuff. Just oh, is more, it? It's just more fun. Okay. There's a lot of... What's more, more fun more, about it? It's just more gadgets, like oh, cool. um, interesting okay. things. People, there's some optical stuff. camo in places and like oh, there's nice. little robotic vehicles coming around and cool. get, the VTOL section's not too bad um, if awkward to control. But well, you get to fly a VTOL. Yeah, for a bit. Oh, that's nice. I guess they did that in Halo, but still. Yeah, that's like one of the guns has this neat scope that sort of does this pulse effect down the area and shows up heat signatures of blokes behind cover and stuff, which oh, cool. is kind of nice. Um, 
Okay. But it's, it's quite cool because even, yeah, even when you're not looking down the scope, you can see the scope's doing that on just uh, just on the model, you know, nice little touches. And yeah, yeah, a lot of nice uh, little details. And yeah, stuff. and all of that comes... Uh, uh, that one's not in the multiplayer, that, mm. that scanner thing, but they, they've got these other things called the target finder or something, which takes up, takes longer to raise it to your head and it covers your entire view. Um, but it then highlights it with, with, like, red diamonds where it thinks people are. Right. So which makes... Like isolating the pixels amongst the like detail of the world a lot easier, and sometimes can be useful in multiplayer as well because that will work. Like if someone pokes their head up, it goes red diamond. There's someone over here, and you're like shit. Yeah, <laughs> hmm, cool. Um, so there's some there's some neat additions that work quite well, and it makes the kill streak stuff in multiplayer much more believable and sensible, I suppose. Um, right. Um, well, you know, because like half the time it was like shit just happened like, oh, yeah. immediately. It's yeah. like, I need a chopper, it's there. Oh, I um, see. Oh, I, mean, I see. The, you mean the rewards for the kill streak? Yeah, and like yeah, the yeah. drones and things like yeah, that. And that makes like, more sense. Well, that yeah. makes a lot more sense now oh, okay. than it did in the 80s version. Well, when <laughs> they suddenly appear. Yeah, yeah, you know. That's true. I don't know. It was a bit ridiculous. I guess it makes more sense. Yeah, so that's, that's, cool. that's good. It, it's pretty short. I think, you, it, took me, got I think the... it took me like six or seven hours to blitz through it in normal mode, so... Have they eliminated enemy wells in Call of Duty yet? What's going on with the gameplay? It wasn't so obvious this time. They probably are still enemy wells in locations, but it's not nearly as noticeable. Okay, that's nice. And the shooting is just the same, I guess. Yeah, same same old mechanics. Works fine. Sure. It's just, yeah, it's... it's, I don't know, this is probably the best implementation of it, like, so far. It's just... It just feels right. It feels like, finally... I'm not sure where it could go from here, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. If they were to do another one, what really could they do now? They will do another one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, so, yeah, and that all extends to the multiplayer as well. The multiplayer is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, again, pulling it... It's just tuned and tuned at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I try I mean, have done what I think is the right thing and not really paid much attention to Modern Warfare 3. Right, cool. They've brought in some of the modes that it didn't have from like gun game for instance where the um so i think i think there's a couple of the um like the, the what they now call the party games which are like the ones with crazy rules like, one of the chamber stuff yeah that stuff that well i think they had some of that, that in original black ops no they're fine they're, they're actually good fun they're quite interesting but you, you know because you don't play them for a serious competition you're just playing for a laugh yeah and yeah, I think they brought a couple of those in for Modern Warfare 3 that weren't in Black Ops and stuff like that. And um, the one thing you don't get is Modern Warfare's Spec Ops mode, so you don't mm-hmm. get the specific co-op missions. They're mm-hmm. involved with that, but they do zombies instead, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's incredibly well balanced. There are only a couple of things I can think of that are slightly overpowered. For instance, sentry guns are pretty evil in this. Um, they're on my kill streak list anyway, because <laughs> they just they just seem to put them in the right place, and they're kind of difficult to stop, or you'll get at least a few kills with them before and they stay around for ages. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they've, well, they've changed the kill streak system as well, so you still have to get a certain amount, do a certain amount of stuff in one life, but it's based on the score that you earn rather than the kills. So if you're assisting or if you're using you get points for a lot of things. Like, for instance, if you use a UAV and people get a kill, then you get a UAV assist. Mm-hmm. Which is worth, like, bugger all points, but at least it's something, right? And then when you cap a point, you get points. When you 
do the objective. So everything adds towards your streak. So actually attaining them becomes somewhat more balanced for a player like me that's not all about the kill-death ratio. I can go and attempt to actually do the objective and still be rewarded, which is quite nice. Um, yeah, so that that works out. And they're, they're, they're all pretty balanced as well. Like, you can destroy a lot of them, for instance, rather than have to put up with a chopper overhead for friggin' minutes at a time while you just get inside the buildings because the moment you poke your head out, you're going to die. Um, there's nothing really like that anymore. It's all fairly balanced. I haven't seen any of the crazier streaks to, uh, towards the higher end of the scale, like the dog swarms. and um, You can summon a cloud of hunter-killer drones that are like these little paper airplanes that explode. Awesome. So, <laughs> so that, I think that's like the, the top spec one, is just summon a swarm of these and they just cover the level and go hunting people down and go, boom! <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah, I haven't seen one yet. But, uh, is that like the nuke equivalent almost? <laughs> so I guess. It's not like a game ender oh, like right, it okay. was before. It's like because that was always dumb. It's like, oh shit, someone's got the nuke, we've lost. Oh, end of game. I don't yeah. know about that. <laughs> I hear it is quite a lot like the nuke. No. In terms of game ending potential. <laughs> if not from actually ending the game, but from being a thing where you've already got so many kills and then you fire that off and then you just win. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah, there's some aesthetic things I don't like about it. Like, um, in the multiplayer from the previous ones, when you like met a challenge or you leveled up or something, it made a sort of big deal of it, and it would go dun 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 or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice thing on the screen, and it felt good. Now you just sort of get a really you get a little indication on screen, but it's on screen for such a brief amount of time, and doesn't make a noise or anything. That you're just like, wait, what was that? So I don't really pay attention to what challenges I'm doing or not because why did they remove that? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's dumb. I think maybe it's a competitive thing because it could be like relatively well, annoying if you're trying to play pro I suppose and all of a sudden you get interrupted by dun, 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 dun. it's like oh I couldn't hear the guy that's true so that's probably a pro feedback request maybe but you could just have an option for fuck's sake yeah I, I, I would prefer it to be there because I like being like like having the impact of it yeah it's cool and in a similar sort of way that doesn't really recap them at the end of the game either so that I then can't go back and say oh hey I did these hmm you got these challenges. It will say what you unlocked, but it doesn't say what you did to do that. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of prefer how the original Black Ops did. Like, oh, hey, in this match, you got you got your the most number of headshot medals you've ever had. Or, hey, and you were pretty close to, to beating your target on this one. It doesn't have a page for that anymore. It seems to just focus on kill-death ratio. It's like, hey, this, this game, you killed more people. Good job. Which is a bit of a shame. <coughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, you've got, you've got eight balls again. I know. I'm going to need a beverage. I remember um, another game as well. Oh, oh right. I'll have a beverage while you chat after Black Ops. <laughs> We're running out of time. Um, <laughs> Relatively speaking. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's 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 really good. It's, it's actually fun. Okay. Which is not something That's I can say about every Call of Duty while we play. No. Um, and I'm, I'm yet to find a mood that I dislike. Which is quite nice. I haven't played all of them, but there's... It's encouraging. Um, so yeah, Zombies I haven't played very much of, but that seems quite a lot bigger than it has done in the past, because they've introduced this new way of playing called Transit, that seems to be like, instead of having little areas like they did before that you could sort of expand a bit and break around, Transit is like, it's a really big area, um, but there's this bus that occasionally will take you between areas and will start doing laps of the place. Um 
and the zombie waves get more powerful the longer you stay in an area and stuff like that, and then you have to spend your cash to get upgrades. But there's also, like, an objective to it where yeah. there's, like, parts to build and things to do, and you can choose to get off the bus. Like, like there's, some of the secrets I've read about require so much effort and that you would never really figure them out, and you need four players to do it, things like that, in order to unlock certain bits of this mode. It's nuts. It's really nuts. nuts. Yeah. It's for, I guess, Zombies does have a fairly hardcore following, and they've just tried to figure out every secret and every way of doing it, and people will just play it endlessly to try and beat their scores, like Mm -hmm. go on multi-hour single runs and that kind of stuff. It's... So maybe they made this as ridiculous as it is for that crowd. Maybe, maybe. It doesn't play too badly as Falling Tales. It's a bit hard on your own. Um, I didn't get very far. I can barely get out of the first area, in fairness. But, mm-hmm. but I might give it another go. That's not why I play those games, to be no. honest. If I want to play that, I play Left 4 Dead. Exactly. <coughs> it's not quite as good as that. Uh, so yeah, Black Ops. Recommend. Black. Actually, can recommend. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Depends what you're going to get out of it. To be honest, I think if you're you, you have to be invested in the multiplayer. I think to get your money. Yeah, right. yeah. But it's but, like but really saying that the campaign's pretty good. Yeah. Mm. There's, a, there's a couple of really great levels in that. One that's kind of reminiscent of one. There's one of the levels from Black Ops Two reminds me a lot of. Um, yeah, do you remember when we tried the Wii version of Goldeneye? Uh, I remember you playing it. Yeah. There was a, a section in that where I can't remember what mission it was that they changed, but you're in a club and um, it plays a, it's playing a Dead Mouse song over right. in this club, and they've got this crowd, and there's a way you, you can. The crowd is basically just silhouettes of people, and you try, just try and find your way through the crowd to get to this certain part of the level. Like sort of setting the scene type thing, they have a scene that's almost exactly like that, except everyone's like rendered properly, properly silhouettes, so, right? Cool. And it's playing Skrillex in the background. Of course, thumbs up. <laughs> oh, it's got a dubstep room, and because one of the multiplayer levels is kind of in the same place, there's a multiplayer level with a dubstep room. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, this is pretty cool. Let's go fight in the dubstep room. Yeah, that's where I hang out. Well, opposite the room. <laughs> I'm going to camp the dubstep room. Don't want to go over there. That's the folk room. Because <laughs> all clubs have a folk room. What? <laughs> all clubs have a cloak room. I don't know about a folk room. <laughs> Usually an R and B room. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Black Ops Two. Zach, talk about your game while I cleanse my palate. <laughs> Need to get Black Ops out of my system. Yeah, apparently. Oh, sort- yeah, <laughs> the taste of Black Ops. You don't imagine it being like black licorice or something like a bit like nasty, but <laughs> yeah, but your whole mouth would be black afterwards. Yeah. Like, that's what Black Ops is like. Anyway, like a blackjack. Yeah, like is a blackjack. Is it actually just someone mispronouncing like a t- how they made this beer? We made it with black hops, but it's like yeah, we made it with black hops. <laughs> Right. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Can you get Black well, Ops? Well, there's two other games that I didn't, don't really need to talk about much, but I reinstalled, oh, I installed the new patch of Kerbal Space Program because there's a new version of that. Yay. <laughs> and it seems to have some slightly more useful parts. Yay. And they also expanded their solar system, so it's like a whole solar system now. Oh, cool. So you can go you to can all go different to planets and shit. 
and I still I still haven't managed to relearn how to even get to the moon again now. I can't get enough fuel into space to even manage that kind of orbit transition. <laughs> and I was like, how did I do this before? Because I totally landed on the moon before and made it back. And I was like, yeah, this is easy. No problem. I have managed um, to do it again. I have to buy that game. How much is it? I don't know. I think it's like $18 or something. Oh, shit. It's like... Okay. But then the other one that I also remembered was I randomly decided to buy another Chifo game a couple of weeks ago called Towns. Which is basically oh, yeah. Dwarf Fortress Light mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with graphics. With graphics. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Which is okay, but it's like a nice. bit too sim- simplistic. It's like, it, and also it has this weird problem where it like it's almost gone too far in the opposite direction of Dwarf Fortress because Dwarf Fortress is like entirely keyboard controls and ridiculously deep menus of like layers upon layers of like you press A and then you press C and then you press W and then you press L and then it builds something. <laughs> yeah. But whereas Towns is like entirely mouse controlled and too simplistic. So you're like, okay, I've got to click on the icon to bring up this thing and then that brings up another line of icons and then you click on this thing and it's like, it's all just icons and it doesn't really tell you what anything is unless you know. So you have to like find out what things do but it's all mouse controlled where there's like three different bars that come in from the three different sides of the screen as you mouse over each side of the screen it's like I could actually use the keyboard shortcut thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you've gone too far in the other direction but yeah so it's a bit of a UI experiment on their part that hasn't quite pulled off well, maybe or maybe they just didn't want to be associated with Dwarf Fortress in any <laughs> yeah. way do the exact opposite thing but yeah it's like really simplistic Dwarf it does have some like well as in like in the same sort of situation of Terraria and Minecraft, it's like there are certain things from this game that, like, maybe Dwarf Fortress should learn, but not nearly as many as in the Terraria and Minecraft case. <laughs> but it's just like, it's actually, you know, it's a really simplistic game, really, where, mm-hmm. like, a lot of things are just. It's like in Dwarf Fortress, if you want to make a tree farm, you have to, like. Or, well, an underground tree farm. It's like you make the cave muddy and then you wait for the mushroom spores to come in and then they turn into trees and it takes like several years. Whereas in like towns, it's just like you till them some land and then you plant some tree seeds and then they just grow into trees trees. and you chop them down and then you grow into trees and you chop them down and it only takes like five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like more simple. But then the other thing that I guess is sort of different in towns is whereas in Dwarf Fortress you're like mining underground and building rooms like that. In towns, you can you more like build actual buildings, and so that takes a lot of resources. So mm-hmm. that's why the trees grow really fast. Right, so yeah. you can just farm them for wood to build like houses and shit. And it's, and that is actually a sort of important mechanic where it's like if you actually build a proper house with like a roof and everything, it increases the efficiency of the rooms. Mm. So you, so all the like you know the little individual rooms you have to do like kitchens and workshops or whatever work better when they're in a proper building. So yeah, that's that. And well, the actual thing, the actual sort of difference, different hook about this game is like the idea that your town attracts adventurers who are sort of autonomous and there's like an underground dungeon under the town, sort of like Torchlight. Okay. <laughs> so you, you once you've upgraded your town to be like, once you've got past the point of basically self-sustaining, so you're not just worrying about food all the time, mm-hmm. you can like attract adventurers by building like taverns and shit, and then like build an entrance into the underground, and then they go down there and kill all the monsters, and then you can pick up the loot and like make more interesting st- stuff. Oh, cool. Okay. Which is okay, but apart from Again, that still has the same problem of being slightly too simplistic, where it's like, you can't... 
it needs like the Dwarf Fortress stockpile control because you can't tell people not to pick up all the loot if you have a place for them to store it. Yep. So when the adventurers go down there and start killing enemies, all your civilians are like following them because they're like making loot, but then, then your civilians start getting in fights. <laughs> no, that's not good. It's like you need to, need to say, don't go down there and pick up all this shit while for a little while and then I'll seal off the entrance or something at some point. But you can't really do it that easily. So yeah, it's another thing that's slightly too simple. And technically this game is, it's almost still a beta apart from it's, you know, like a released beta sort of Minecraft desk. It's basically a Steve Green light, so Right, okay. It might as well be a beta. Mm. So maybe it will get upgraded. So it's on Steam? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Maybe it will get upgraded at some point. What, to? Or maybe they'll just take the money and be done. <laughs> Hard to say. Mm. Let's see. So yeah, that's that. These things tend to get worked on, don't they? Well, I don't know. It seems to me nowadays with like the whole green light process that like once you reach the point of being sold on Steam for cash, that kind of... If, if I was thinking about, you know, people who'd been writing a program, once the cash starts rolling in, I think that sort of maybe starts to be like, yeah, I'm done with this now. I've made the money that I'm going to make. It's not like me continuing to patch this is going to get me that many more sales. You never know, though. <laughs> I mean, apart, apart from, you know, there's certain specific cases where it's obviously not like that, like Dwarf Fortress even, where it's based entirely on donations, and it's still getting money <laughs> even after all this time but you know I suspect there's certain people would just say I've made my cash and I'm done now I guess I mean I, I think there's a certain it depends what kind of relationship you want to build up with your clients there's a, I, I, I get the logic behind if you make a game and you're done and you don't have plans to expand it that's fine yeah you know, that, that's not a, that, that, I don't have a problem there. perhaps Fix. You're kind of expected, I think, these days to fix bugs. Oh, yeah. If it's got like a problem with it, then you should really address that. Um, depends what kind of community you're going for. I think with like a creation type game, perhaps you need to, you might need to actually support your community a little more. Because mm. um, you know, it's not like you pay a subscription to Minecraft. <laughs> no, not yet. Anyway, no. Um, and I guess unless you become that big, there's more of a. Um, an emphasis, right? I need to make another game in order to keep the keep the cash coming. Yeah, make something new. Yeah, find some more people rather yeah. than trying to please the few that you already have. Unless you can try and go down a DLC route, like maybe release a pack, and if that goes well, keep doing it. Well, that's why I'm kind of still hoping that Starbound will turn out good if it ever comes out, because mm. that was the whole <laughs> thing about Terraria, where it's like they they patched it and updated it for ages and added a load of new stuff and then they then they were just like they just stopped and everyone was kind of expecting them to continue a bit longer and then doubly so when they made the Xbox version which has more new stuff but they're not putting that into the PC version and everyone's yeah. like girl what are you doing <laughs> yeah you don't want to annoy your community yeah I mean Terraria kind of got a bit of a yeah well this community's not small no it's quite big relatively yeah. So, so yeah, a, hopefully Starbound so will be similar. It could, you say, it could just be a cash flow issue. Yeah. Hopefully Starbound will turn out to be similar. They seem to be saying quite frequently about, you know, like, after release we'll be adding more stuff. But, you know, first they've got to get to release. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope that game comes out sometime, goddammit. <laughs> still, no, still not even a hint of a release date. They just don't want to say. It's looking like more of a game. There's like menus and shit now where you can like choose your race and stuff at the start of the game that they show screen off of. So yeah, that's that. Halo 4. 
Yeah, we've like, we got like we 15 minutes left. Let's get this done. And it's not like we're not going to talk about Halo 4. And we're beginning to be hassled for can we go get food now, please? Yeah, okay. Um, I guess uh, you haven't got that far through Halo 4. We're with so. three missions through it. Okay. Zach and, Zach and I like, Are you playing it? Played that. Well, we, we did that last night, and I've played the first two in solo. Right, so, um, okay, cool. So we're a little bit further. Initial impressions, then. Yeah, we're going to talk about this several other times. Yeah, and we'll be back. Yeah, you know what, it's kind of... I've been trying to put into words like how I feel about it because it's it's kind of weird. It's it's Halo, but not Halo, and it feels that way. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, it's not just that they've made another Halo game, oh, and it just happens to have been made by another developer. It's mm-hmm. it's like everything that should be there is there. Yet mm-hmm. somehow there's something missing from that <coughs> that makes it a proper Halo game. I don't know what I don't know. I can't. I haven't really been able to work can't out. Put your it's like, on it, yeah. Okay, okay, let's talk about the good first of all. It's the, the graphics engine is nice. It's you know it, it does feel like a step up from the previous games, even if at times it does feel a little bit like they're falling back on the classic. It's a next gen game. What over glary? It's like very bloomy in places. Very bloomy. Um, to be and, fair, there was and, quite and occasionally a lot of, quite brown. It's <laughs> there was a lot of that lens flariness in Mass Effect Three. Well, yeah, but it's done sort of slightly more tastefully, I think. In yeah, Mass Effect. it kind of works. I mean, the bloom in general is is bigger in this game, and, right. and often that's to its detriment because I think I, I think you lose some of the color and vividness of the world that Halo kind of always presented itself as, and I think. Um, this is part of my argument for it's lost its soul somewhere. I guess is that when you looked at an enemy, like. Um, say take the grunts or something they kind of had a bit of character to them mm-hmm. a bit of thing. and the grunts are kind of the ones that get away kind of unscathed from this problem in this one because they still kind of have their character you know right well, they have their really annoying voices now the sound, the sound, the, the sound for their voices changed slightly and they, and they can like, slightly yeah well, we had to, I thought that was pretty funny to be honest because they um the Covenant in this aren't, obviously aren't the same Covenant that we or the same band of Covenant that we fought during the yeah. Halo event. Um, so it's because, uh, for instance, the Grunts aren't speaking English. Right. So they can't have learned English yet. <laughs> Which suggests that they're like Reach era or pro- or previous, like Covenant, something disconnected from the main group. Um, also, the fact that they're fighting you kind of tells you that. <laughs> well, maybe. Again, a lot could happen in four years, as they say, in, in, during the first mission. It's, um, yeah, and so the Grunts keep, keep their sort of character and they keep their thing. But the Jackals, for instance, I think the Jackals. I've lost everything that was interesting about them because they kind of just look like a silhouette. Well, I found that funny. It's, it's only really. when you get like right close to them and you sort of look at the detail. It's like actually, there's quite a bit of detail here, but it's not. When you're in combat, you get none of that. Well, I you don't... can't see any of that when you're fighting. It's like like it's not like the ja- you know the jackals you could see quite like, with their punk haircuts and their <laughs> sort of like you see the details on them. Yeah, but because of the high contrast look. They're, well, just, I, they're just a silhouette. I think I still find that problem. I, it's definitely worse with the jackals, but I think I still have that problem with the grunts. They just blend in, even though they're still like they're not as brightly coloured as they used to be. No, so they don't stand up like, against the grey, particularly on that uh, mission. The first play. mission, yeah, the first mission like, is all big grey canyon. Yeah, the first mission is all grey, and it's like and the grunts are just kind of grey against it. Like their packs aren't so colourful and stuff. And, and when they when you when they do sort of like have an air problem with their canister or whatever, it's not, it's not quite so. Yeah, green none of the like, like glowing effects are as glowy. Like the plasma grenade, the plasma grenade is pretty weak now. Actually, the explosion in general for the plasma grenade isn't yeah isn't cool tiny. enough. And also, 
what it was probably a bug, but we had that thing where where, where we were playing multiplayer where you can't see fuel rod cannon shots. Oh yeah, the hunters weren't firing; they were firing invisible fuel rods, which makes it pretty difficult. Voice a bit of a problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I think the hunters are one of the they're probably the one that have benefited the most so far because they look more wormy. You know, they're supposed well, to be a collection of worms, and their orange bits always before just kind of looked like an orange mush. Yeah. Whereas now they actually look really kind of nice like you can see all the worms and well, that's cool but you don't like don't they don't splatter enough when you're shooting them that was yeah, my problem again, I couldn't a, tell when I was actually hitting them <laughs> yeah, hitting that, that part, that's, yeah. yeah that's harder definitely so I think there's some aesthetic issues with you know that, that they've changed there's something funny about like the fonts as well I think like because they're not they used to be kind of in a weird way the Halo font used to be like as as basic as it gets it's like a, a big yeah. aerial almost isn't yeah. it and it's um, quite rounded yeah uh, it's not that anymore they've gone for like a computery sort of squarey looking font which is kind of okay in places because it can fit more on screen I guess and um, and some stuff but it's it make it, it sort of compounds with the rest of it and that it's a very sharper kind of harsher look things um but that's just all aesthetics it's like actually the actual gameplay is kind of fine really oh and another it's aesthetic like, thing that was kind of weird was that for some reason they've decided that now cortana has to have virtual displays to do things oh yeah even though she's an ai who does yeah, ever like, since the first game even when she's inside the ship or the first game she's this. just like and then things blow up. stuff happens <laughs> or she just knows about it or in fact that was one of the coolest things about the first game is how Cortana just turns up and knows stuff yeah you know? but now it's all like here's a random virtual keyboard that I'm going to push yeah exactly it's, it's, it's especially annoying during the intro and she's like checking the ship stats and stuff with a visual display and it's like you don't know that you're being told all of that all the time you're a fucking AI it's like that doesn't make any sense yeah um, it's a bit irritating. And Katana looks weird. I don't know. I don't mind a new look. It's. I think it's weird that they keep changing it <laughs> more than I think more than I dislike her look. Well, I mean, it, it sort of makes sense that she sh- well, she should have looked like that from the start, really. But because of graphics of the age, she could. Well, yeah, they changed the dramatically because she was meant. To, she's meant yeah. to look like an actual person yeah. because she's based on an actual person, <laughs> and therefore it makes sense. Yeah. But she doesn't really look like... No, she doesn't even look very much like the person she's based on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so aesthetically, I've got a few problems with it. But the actual gameplay, absolutely fine. Like, the sound... Uh, again, the sounds, I suppose, are an aesthetic. Some of the sound choices aren't so nice. They change the sound of everything. Yeah, I recorded all the guns. Didn't yeah. And it's like, went... everything sounds more like a gun. Well, but I want went... my plasma guns to sound a bit more... Pew pew! <laughs> oh, yeah. It's but like everyone went on about how awesome the, like, re-recording of the gun sound effects were. And I think the only one that is really awesome is, the, is like, the assault rifle. The assault rifle sounds good, doesn't <laughs> That's it? That's great. Every other gun sounds, like, really pansy Piston now. and sounds I have, kind of weird. I have real it? problems, like, with feedback from, the, from it, most yeah, guns. It's like, I can't tell when I'm weapon. hitting shit. Or... Especially the energy weapons. It doesn't feel quite so nice to fire. They feel kind of pansy, don't they? It's... And, like, the, like, with the, the like... The Promethean burst, like the basically assault rifle. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I can't tell when I'm hitting shit with that at all. <laughs> and that's then, why they the, added the, hit markers. You well, yeah. Hit markers. And then like the reticle on that is like wheel, wheel every time yeah. you burst, and I can't tell where the bullets are actually going because you can't even see them. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's some funny stuff. I mean, that's the other weird thing about the gun design in a way is that they've every race now has their equivalent guns, well, yeah. and they're all kind of the same. If you know what I mean, it's like. 
you, you don't really there isn't a benefit really to using the new energy rifle which is called the storm rifle replacing the old plasma one the, mm-hmm. the traditional plasma rifle no longer exists yeah I didn't like that storm rifle no the storm rifle is not as cool, but it's no it's got too limited ammo capacity to it didn't feel like I was doing any damage as it's well although as that as seemed to be the case with a lot of those guys same as the conc- um, was it the suppressor which yeah. is the Promethean one um, so that the, the storm rifle the suppressor and the assault rifle are all the same gun and then you have the DMR, the light, uh, rifle. The light rifle, and, and the carbine, carbine which are all, all the same gun, pretty yeah. much. Um, and then weirdly, the humans get the battle rifle, which is kind of a slight variant of, you know, as you know, is the burst version of the DMI. And as at, in multiplayer, at least, it's more effective at mid-range than the DMR is. Yeah. Um, and the saw, which is like a big old fuck-off machine gun with enormous clips. Yeah. And is pretty brutal. <laughs> the saw is sort of equivalent to the Covenant energy turret, really. Yeah, I guess. You know, but it's a gun rather than a turret. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't think there's an equ- a Promethean equivalent of that. Um, so the humans get some extra stuff. There's a shotgun as well. I don't, the, well Covenant, the, the, Covenant don't, the Covenant don't have a shotgun. There's a Promethean shotgun. <laughs> Which is the same as Which the is human exactly shotgun. the same, yeah. I had more, that was the one weapon I was actually doing okay with. I think, that, I, think that, I think that has a bit of bullet bounce. Well, yeah, that's the, the shot. Yeah. Actually, all the Promethean guns seem to have that. The a slight amount of bullet bounce. Yeah. Like a flat cannon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the weapon design is a little safe. A little off. Yeah. Um... And the needler is the but only good thing. The needler is brutal now, yeah. <laughs> like even more than it was before. They in, keep bumping that thing up in multiplayer. Can you do like wheel? the? It, no, there's no dual wielding. Oh, right. They've gone to the reach model for that. Okay, um, and they've changed the controls so they they're the same as COD now. Um, oh, I saw that fish tail or something or something was the option to make it COD exactly the same. Uh, as COD. By default, it's like COD. Oh, is it? Yeah. What? So your crouch is on B now because you have a permanent. Sprint, yeah, but it's, so it's, it's left. It's left trigger grenade. Left trigger is still going to happen. Okay, but you can change it so left trigger is zoom in. Is zoom, yeah, like if you want it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the bit I haven't changed, but it's pretty close to the COD layout, like right. where the buttons are is fairly similar. It's like, well, melee is still on bumper rather than right click, but you could change it to do that. <laughs> Keep meleeing cars when you're trying to get in, because <laughs> that's not the button any longer. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's been that since... It is, though. It's because the reload used to be on bumper, but reload is what you used to get the cars. And now reload in, in is Halo X. 3, it wasn't in Reach. Well, it yeah, was but... in Reach. Um, yeah. Oh, and it probably was in Halo 2 as well, actually. Yeah. I think about it. But in Halo 1, it was X. So it's like, they've kind of gone back to where they started, I suppose, um, to a degree. Um, but that's all right. That's fine by me. Like more stuff handling the same kind of makes a bit of sense. It is kind of annoying sometimes because I keep because I've been playing so much COD. I will pull the left trigger to do aim down sights and throw grenade and stuff. Yeah, uh, it's like oh damn, <laughs> didn't mean to do that. Uh, yeah, so the weapon design's a little weird, but all in all, it's a very well put together package. It's like the gameplay feels fine. You know, it's it's, it's Halo at the end of the day. The setting isn't quite as interesting yet. I think, as it has been in previous games. It's got a lot of a Halo 1 feel to the setting, because it's like, oh, we're in some random place. We don't really know what we're doing, except we haven't come across, like, the humans yet. Well, we're, yes. we're in a jungle where we're going to eat humans, so now we're in the Halo 2, basically. Yeah. Free. Uh, well, sort of. I guess, yeah. So, but it'll get a lot more interesting, I think, now that we'll have actually some people to talk to. Um, <laughs> Maybe. You know, they, they kind of made those games a bit more interesting than Marines. So, um, so yeah, uh, multiplayer is really good really good actually I'm enjoying it it's like if Call of Duty and Halo had a baby 
it's like, <laughs> it's like a halfway house between the two. It's uh, not okay. like Reach, and it's not like the previous Halo games. It, everything's a lot more lethal, so you'll kill people. Oh, really? Lethality is um, higher. Yeah. Mm, interesting. That's um, not what I like usually, but I'll see what it comes It's goes. a faster game. And the multiplayer is a faster experience. Um, I think we're gonna we're running out of time on this one though. Oh shit, um, we are. Yeah, yeah, one minute to go. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll play multiplayer. some more multiplayer later and tell you what. We'll give you the lowdown of Halo 4 multiplayer and more single player next time. Yeah, I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what, it's good. Like, yeah, we haven't done Spartan Ops yet either. Um, yeah, well, that's never going to replace Firefight <laughs> as a good game though. No, maybe not. Maybe it's still not. got Forge. Uh, Forge is still there. Uh, yes. Cool. Okay. We're yet to see what's coming out of that, but apparently it's the most fully featured Forge yet. Fully featured forge. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. You can make steel and shit. Make <laughs> <laughs> steel and shit, yeah. <laughs> right, well, thanks for joining us for another uh Summercast. edition of the Summer Bumper Club. edition. Uh, next time plenty we'll have... Plenty uh, Yeah, plenty more on Halo 4, probably more Coblops. And uh, results of the Steam November sale. Indeed, <laughs> various other results. So, and uh, whatever you buy next for 2p on, yep. on Steam. And a review of the latest shit paper. So, catch you then, <laughs> <Okay>. listeners. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Say bye. Bye. Time out. It's like rubbing your ass on your bed and then disposing of your bed. <laughs> <laughs>